This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash weekend confirmed. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Weekend confirmed. Ignition. Liftoff. Liftoff. What is up, everybody? Bringing you Weekend Confirmed number 190, 10 away from 200. How about that for insanity? Even more insane uh, because I've done a little uh, memory laning lately. Realized in January, it'll been, I've been doing podcasts for eight years. Eight years. How about that? Freaking crazy. Thanks so much to all you who listen and support and uh, keep it to where I can do this awesome job, which I love because it's awesome. It is. It's totally fucking awesome. This is the best thing in the world. This is the best part of my week every week. It is the best times. It has made the best friends. It is It is all around awesome. And I have awesome folks around the table with me today, starting with uh, the not Jeff Kanata to my left, Christian Spicer. Hey, yeah. Good to be here. Wait, uh, wait the, that's not Jeff Kanata. I thought he grew out of beer. No, this is, this is the better part of Double Jump. Yeah, there it is. Double jump. Rest in peace. It's the better um, part of double jump here. Hey, but watch newest, latest, best. I'm on that uh, with Jeff. And Jeff's been doing, uh, there's like, what, five episodes that are public now? If you yeah. want to get some Kanata in your life. And Alex was on the most recent one. And he is uh, he is not here for an awesome reason. Yeah, he's working. On the set of Shameless. Yeah. Which is kind of awesome. Congrats, Jeff. Yeah, kind of awesome. But I'm in chair two today. What up? Oh, yeah. I know, right. The, the, the whole thing's going to hell. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh. oh. Yeah, we're going to have a good time. That- a coffee dog. Yeah, it's gonna be really fun. And Ozzy here as well, rocking a uh, incredible superhero laden T shirt. Because I'm seeing Thor: The Dark World tonight, 8 p.m. Oh, Can't I'm sorry. Wait. <laughs> wait, wait, why are you sorry? I, I mm, Thor has just not resonated with me. Oh, that that first movie was so great. Didn't didn't like it. He he's raising his eyebrow. That's a no. Okay, hold on. We have Andrew Yoon also at the end of the table. And I'm going to introduce him because then we're going to have a little show of hands. Uh, well, I, I thought Thor was fine. So. Yeah, so you your, did. Your, your Thor is fine. You liked Thor. I was pleasantly surprised. I went oh, in expecting okay. shit. All right. I stand in the outnumbered three to one minority, but Thor just, I just sort of looked at and went. And didn't Kenneth Branagh huh? direct that? He did. Yeah, that's amazing. That's like the perfect director for. However, uh, he is not F- directing this one, which is a little concerning. Hey, no hate. If you're out, if you love you some Thor, awesome, fantastic. I, I, I might also not be the best person to check with because you know my, my comic book experience is yeah. I don't have Jeff here to back is, me up. Is limited, and you know I'm sort of been up and down with all of the all of the Marvel stuff. Some of I super enjoyed, like I loved Avengers, and I am super looking forward to Avengers too. Iron Man has sort of taken me on an up and down little bit of a ride there. I I don't know what to make a Hulk anymore because it's been like done and then uh, redone and H- then H- redone. Hulk's down to cameos at this point. Yeah, you think so? Poor guy. Yeah. I mean, they did go to David Banner because he was an expert in gamma radiation. Hi, Dave. Let's, let's bring him in. Let's bring in this expert. Not because he's a Hulk. Let's bring him in because he's an expert in gamma radiation. Anyway, it's not a movie podcast. We have lots to talk about. Andrew is here because the chains on the Xbox One embargo police have come off. He can talk at length about a number of Xbox One things. Oh. Granted, not everything because... Uh, we only had a limited amount of time with the system, so uh, unfortunately, a lot of people are sending in questions about very specific things, which I'll keep in mind 
when we get the unit and we're able to the do Xbox a One sucks. Review. How bad does it suck, Andrew? Uh, it's seven hundred and twenty <laughs> pixels of sucking. <laughs> so, no, dude, it's fifty five percent more suckitude. <laughs> don't remember we don't talk about that enough. We should talk about that some more. <laughs> clearly, just kidding, folks. Don't be angry yet. I'm just joking around a little bit. Ozzy, what have you been up to? We, uh, you didn't actually fill out your show form. I, I don't know what you I, played. I played a lot of Call of Duty Ghosts. Oh, that's week. right. You were you were barking with the dog. That's right. Actually, and as I'll get into it, but as much as we made fun of the dog, the dog probably winds up being the best part of the campaign. What if we don't let you get into it? What if that's the only time you how get to mention we, the dog? How can we go this so entire anyway, show without What do you want to talk about now? Uh, well, <laughs> I know people are excited. I've been playing Final Fantasy XIII 2. And it's so funny to watch people go like, why are you playing that? Because I like it. Because I like Japanese role-playing games, y'all. So there, bam. And you know what? It's actually awesome. I can't wait to share some of that with you. Spicer has been up to uh, some Batman on the Vita. I gotta I stick with it. Y'all, I, have, I have it with me. Y'all handhelders are going to be excited about that, blowing it up. And he's uh, done a tiny amount of ghosts. What's a tiny amount? I got it from Redbox and realized I don't like it. Oh, really? Is that true? I, really I, I don't, I don't yeah. think you're alone on that. I played 30, probably 30, 45 minutes and then returned it. I think I think it was uh, McElroy who was tweeting about how he played 15 minutes, had killed more people than a mass murderer and was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. And I'm done. Yeah. I mean, we can get into it later, but I mean, it doesn't take long. It's just the best part about gaming now is there's such a breadth and variety of games that I don't need to spend time playing a game I don't totally enjoy. And so yeah. I was like, this is fine, but I'm not blown away by it i'm gonna move on and so i just returned it far out yeah and back to the red box it went yeah it did i mean i was gonna take it to blockbuster but then i just kept oh, it. oh. rest God. in peace who even knew that blockbuster was still a thing <laughs> south park actually actually one year um for our game of the year stuff i blockbuster was great you know just like 10 bucks and i had like unlimited rentals for a month and that's how i caught up to like all the the year's games i guess i could have used gamefly but <laughs> I've heard. I've heard they do rent by mail. You have unlimited resources now between the main flies and the red boxes. Heard from Yoon. (laughs) And look, we're down to one week, folks. PS4 time almost here. I I am stupidly excited. The Killzone and a few other games. Knack. I think, the launch, I think the launch library for PlayStation 4 is fine. Need but. for Speed Rivals now a part of that, the launch. That really did excite me when I heard Need for Speed. Hell that, yeah, it does. Yeah, that, that I really want that on launch day now. And the thing is, we can make fun of the launch games for both PlayStation and Xbox, but I think they're a lot better than what we got the last generation. I mean, let's, not, for, let's not forget that PS3 launched with Genji. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've gone over those launch lineups for the current... for the. Xbox What's 360 had Perfect Dark Zero, oh, a game God. so bad it retroactively ruined Perfect Dark. So. Someone pointed uh, pointed me to on uh, on Twitter, pointed me to a YouTube of when we did the One Up show and went out to the Sony store at the Metreon and walked up and down the line. And it was so funny because we ran into these guys who were standing in line and they were there. There was like a next to riot ready to break out over line order. There was this guy keeping a line sheet of who is in spot spot for what. And all they were talking about was how many stacks they were going to get when they put it on eBay. Man, I'm making stacks. I'm making stacks. Are you making stacks? Anyone? It's like, I don't know when it happened in the last I don't know, week and a half or so. It's like someone plugged me into the hype meter for, (laughs) for, uh, or the hype reserve power 
for new console. And I'm so freaking excited to have a new machine. It's like I'm looking at my entertainment center and I'm like, okay, this is cool. I'm playing, you know, Final Fantasy 13 too. It's cool. I'm having a good time. I'm like, shit, man, one week from now. That, do, that, do you have a spot that, for it? That thing is do you know be where? Spi- oh, yeah, of course. I know, I know exactly. <laughs> I'm, I know exactly which slot I'm putting it in. I know exactly where it's going to sit. I know exactly which AV connection it's oh, going to so be do, on. Is something going away? Do you have the HDMI for it? Uh, I have the HDMI okay. for it. Nothing's going to. Well, so what I'm going to do, actually, since you brought that up, people might do this. I have a Blu-ray player that is net connected. So I'm going to take the Blu-ray pin- player and put it in the bedroom because then it'll be a Netflix and Amazon Prime portal for my little television that's in there. And then that frees up space in my main entertainment spinner, which I didn't need because I still had one extra free one as well. But if I ever get a Wii U, you know, I'm going to need to use that. <laughs> but uh, I think it's I'm the saddest HDMI port ever. It's one day. <laughs> it's like one day I'll have something to plug in here. But you know, got to leave it. You can't use all of them. If you use all of them, you feel like, man, I have no place to expand. Yeah, what totally. am I going to do with the next thing? You yeah. always want to be ready for the next thing. got to be ready for the next thing. And then uh, I think I'm going to, you know, because I expect it to be my most used device very shortly. Okay. I'm going to be moving the 360 down, and I think I'm going to put it in that top you know, that oh, top slot. Oh, shit. Top, yeah, top slot. There it is. Plus, it looks sexy as hell. It does. Did you see the video on Wired of them tearing it apart? Yeah. That is really cool. If you it's amazing seen it, that it looks so beautiful, like inside. Too. It's a yeah. really yeah. That's yeah. so super clean and super laid out, and it seems like it would be really easy to repair if you want. If you needed to, yeah. yeah. Although I was, I wasn't clear. Do you have to open the machine up that much to get to the hard drive to replace it? Because that'd be a pain in the ass. I don't think so. I, I hope mean, it's slot load like the PS3 yeah, was. I believe it is. Okay, because that would be way better. I mean, obviously, I haven't even had one in my hands. So I know some people have. So the answer is probably already out there. I'm not troubling to look it up right now. Well, if you not... cared about Sony, I know, you would I know, know already, know right, bro? It. Seriously. You're not even that excited. God. You don't have your two terabyte God. flash drive at home waiting for an Insta swap. I do know that it. Rivals is going to support the uh, remote play on Vita, which is... Nice. Well, once again, awesome. pretty much every game on PlayStation 4 has to support remote play. The only games that don't need to are games that use peripherals. So. Like the connect, like the PlayStation camera type of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Although, actually, that's a really interesting question because uh, I, I, I've been rearranging my TV setup, too, for the new consoles. And um, and I, I'm curious, like, are you guys disconnecting anything? I'm I'm... The 360 is gone now. There's like it's not gonna go back. I'm going to have system. to move console to another room. I mean, it would back. I mean, it would have been just a simple matter of just selling off my 360 and PS3, but with no backwards compatibility, it's just such a killer. So, well, the thing is, the thing is, there's actually tons of PS3 like exclusive games for PS3 that are coming out, but there's yeah. pretty much no 360 games coming out. So, Dude, they have they have they have content coming. Remember this. this take it they've got they've got tons of content coming i I believe they reassured us several times oh no 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 there's still content coming out on 360 you're you're saying it sarcastically i am saying it totally sarcastically but but there's it's not necessarily exclusive content there'll be be lots of multi-platform and cross-gen stuff coming out on 360 and so if you if that's your only console i think you'll you'll still be fine for the next year at least but ironically i haven't even actually been playing my 360 that much in the past three or four weeks because i've been playing diablo 3 which i wound up getting on ps3 and now i'm playing final fantasy 13 2 the only thing i've had my uh 360 on for is i'm in the four string leagues uh madden league and so like once a week i turn it on to play my madden game and that's cool and then it goes back off and i'm surprised it just sort of sits there starting to get sad what'd you gta on i gta'd on on 360 so i played a shit ton on that yeah and i don't i don't think that it'll completely go away i think it's interesting andrew that you said that it's that you moved your 360 completely away but then again as i and i will cop to this now before we get any further to the show as i've talked about on on twitter uh my i'm canceling my xbox one 
And it's not because I don't like the device. It's not because I'm down on it or anything else. It's because when it came down to it, number one, I can't really afford to get both of them. Even Why don't you I, sell it and get though, some stacks? Even though, yeah. <laughs> even though I've been saving, even though I've been saving since the summer. I mean, when I'm looking at looking at it financially, especially with like Christmas coming and nieces and nephews for gifts, and then needing to travel to my mom's and dad's, I'm like, you know what? This would be really pretty irresponsible to buy this when I would be. It would basically be a machine to play Forza Five until Titanfall. And that's, you know, that's, that's December, January, February, and into March. That's four months, you know, and I could spread the price out along. It's a lot easier to absorb over that amount of time. I, everything that's multi-platform, I think I'm going to be perfectly, and I know I'll be perfectly happy playing on the PlayStation. It's less expensive. I can, I can cancel it and I could feel like I can buy one more game. I want to dive more into this argument because I think some people, as we go, move forward, because I think some people, other people are doing this, and I'm wondering if that's going to give the PS4 that multiplayer advantage that the 360 had over its life. Because now you'll have ghosts on it, or battle, or whatever, and so now that will be the the console that if you want to play games, I'm going to play Ghosts over the, this coming weekend. I'm going to play it on 360, and from you, know, there's been a lot of. I mean, look, there's already been controversy over that. There's been this story that came out where people are like, well, "Man, I'm getting frame rate slowdown on the PS4, and then then on the next gen version, and then even extending the PC version." So I don't know, I probably because of the age of the engine, I don't really feel compelled to play ghosts on next gen. So maybe if I keep, you know, maybe part of, since I have to keep my 360 wired up for my Madden league anyway, maybe I'll also play what little call of duty online I play on 360. I don't know that I'm really going to go invest in buying it again and then play it on PS4. Yeah. I mean, really battlefield battlefield. I've completely held off on. And I, I do want to play that on PlayStation. And I know the PC purists are like, well, why not play on PC? Well, I might play it on PC too, but I just, I like sitting back on my couch and playing those sort of games sometimes. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah. All right, let's take a little break and then we can pick this up on the other side. Right now we're going to get in a, uh, a quick, quick break and we'll be right back. Everybody, this podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For you guys this week, Audible.com is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out the service. You know, one you might want to check out is The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams. It's seconds before the Earth is going to be demolished for a galactic freeway, and Arthur Dent is plucked off the planet by his friend, Ford Prefect, a researcher for the revised edition of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, who for the last 15 years has been posing as an out-of-work actor. Why are these pens? Why are we born? Why do we die? Why do we spend so much time in between wearing digital watches? For all the answers, stick your thumbs to the stars and don't forget to bring a towel. That's The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It's available now on Audible.com, and best yet, it's narrated by Stephen Fry. You do not want to miss out on that one. So for an audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash weekendconfirmed. That's audiblepodcast.com slash weekendconfirmed. All right, thanks very much to our sponsors, audible.com. Do take advantage of that offer if you haven't done it before. It, uh, that's how the podcast survives. And it's a great sponsorship opportunity. You get to check it out for a you know free audiobook of your choice. What could be better? It's free. It's how we get to 200 episodes. It's how we get to 200 episodes. That's right. All right. So we were just talking in the break. We're going to continue down this line. So I was thinking about this. And, you know, Andrew was talking about content uh, that that will be exclusive. You know, for me, one of the things that made it a little easier to let go, because I really want to be clear about this, because I hate the way things get twisted <laughs> around. I hate. I don't want people saying, oh, he's canceling his Xbox One because the PS4 is better. Well, it works well, no, out. No, 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 no. Why not? It, uh, it is. <laughs> It is better for me. 
Yeah, it's a it, better. Exactly. It is a much better fit for me. It's a hundred dollars less expensive, and it has it everything has you want right higher, now. It has you know internals that are for game playing on the on the, the games that are coming out now. Higher performance, so you know it just makes no sense for me to, if I'm choosing between the two to not go with PlayStation, except for Forza, which I really want to play, and Titanfall eventually I want to play. And I know that and Forza is a long tail game, so right. I don't feel like if I miss out on it now, I'm missing out on. I will. You know, and it might be better just to wait for the game of the year edition. I mean, there's already sixty dollars worth of DLC that they yeah. asked for that game. I mean, know? look when I get a when I get a one in like February or so, I'll get Forza. I'll play it. There'll be tons of Divatars up because the Drivatars look super cool, and I can't wait to be part of that. But in the meantime, look, fucking Gran Turismo Six comes out in December, and yeah. I'm stoked for that. And it looks awesome. It looks it looks absolutely fantastic. And it'll be good in February. And it, if and it exactly. follows. Grand Turismo Five. Don't even. You're, don't. Why you got to do that? But, uh, why you got to? Now that? that I'm being a jerk, I do. It bothers me in today's age where you have to backpedal from what you want or what you like to explain. Well, I mean, oh, I'm no. not saying that. Okay, so I'm not like, backpedaling. I'm not backpedaling. What I'm thing. trying to do is be crystal clear, sure, okay. so that Mike, because you know, it, it's it, so but, easy to get it twisted around because everyone's in that kind of console war mentality right now that right. you kind of get before the launch of a new generation. So, if you didn't hear that. You missed it. Ozzy just said he hates Nintendo. <laughs> Yeah, right. I bought a Wii U on day one. And he's stupid. He just <laughs> And I'm very stupid. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, Christian's, Christian's cracking himself up now. Oh, uh, boy. So All funny. right. So Sorry. you were saying about this multiplayer advantage, yeah. because that is a huge thing. And and obviously, by default, this is something that came up in the threads we were talking about, you know, uh, this idea of whether or not the people who are here on the media side get biased. Well, you know, I think that as far as a intentional bias, no, that's really ruled out. But there's definitely some endemic, you know, posturing that winds up happening. Because look, most of us, we got our 360s a year before we got PS3. We wound up playing 360 for almost all of our multi-platform games because they performed better. And because for whatever reason, for a long time there at the beginning of the cycle, when when we were getting review copies of games, they were almost always coming out on 360. We were almost I mean, always even, getting even code. recently... You know, publishers will still prefer showing 360 versions of their games yeah. versus uh, PS3 versions of the game. It was lead console, for, especially in this past generation, Unreal dominated and everything. And that terminology, lead console. Yeah. And so, yeah, a lot of us have been playing games on our 360 a lot. We've been involved in the 360 you know, community when we play on our own time, which we do do. And so does that create a natural like tendency to go that direction? Absolutely. I mean, to, to say otherwise would be just lying, right? I mean, well, at least... And of course, my history is a little bit different in that I worked on a PlayStation fan site for most of my career, so... Right. <laughs> so, you know, I, like, for me, it's like a completely different perspective where it's like, you know, I'm I'm so used to playing on PlayStation platforms, uh, and, you know, obviously I have an Xbox, but for me, it's like, that's where my community is, that's where my a lot of my followers are, and, you know, that's how people know me by my handle, you know? So. But for me, I mean, I've always been, and I think I've been outspoken about this, I've always been more concerned about the game than the box it goes into. So, I mean, I played my PlayStation 3 quite a bit, and, you know, here we go back and forth like that's like I was talking about. I've been playing my PlayStation 3 for the last three and a half weeks, since actually two weeks since I finished Grand Theft, and, I mean, that's been what I've had on. Okay. Yeah. Just so it works out like that. But, so, to get to where we were going, will this have an impact on multiplayer? Well, it certainly will for me. It will for me because I've been thinking about, you know, Battlefield. Obviously, I'm going to have Rivals. So when I'm playing Rivals and I'm looking for who's going to hop into my Rivals game, I'll be on PlayStation 4. And, you know, that's just who I'm going to play with. And that's how that's going to set up at least through, you know, December. They're not enough games, I don't think, for them to cement that lead 
as an unsurmountable land. But they've got a beachhead. And, and now when Titanfall is coming out in six but the months. Thing is, right. the, that's, the that's a great point, Ozzy. The interesting thing is lead console, right? So Xbox was clearly the lead console in the last generation, but it seems like, it, you know, it seems like PlayStation 4 is unquestionably more powerful than Xbox One, and, and, it, and publishers are going to probably... Show their gonna, games. If on you're going to show multiplayer pla- multi platform game in the next six to twelve months, you're probably going to show it on PlayStation. 4. I mean, the thing is, but it's not even just the next six to twelve months. I mean, you know, 360 and PS3 parity became pretty pretty close uh, at the tail end of the cycle, yeah. and even even then, you typically see 360 versions of games at events, unless it's PlayStation sponsored, right? Unless there's co marketing like Assassin's Creed or sure. uh, habits form. Uh, and so I, I, I do think that PlayStation having the more powerful box and being up front at, at the very beginning of this cycle will probably affect the rest of the cycle for years to come, if not the entire generation. Because I think, you know, when if 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 a, if a game like Call of Duty Ghosts is being shown on PlayStation as lead console and they have a marketing <laughs> like pop, they have a marketing relationship with Xbox like that, that's a bad sign you on know? next gen. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean the, that marketing relationship still exists. I mean, DLC is still going to go on the Xbox One version of of Call of Duty. Before. Yeah, because in the big in the big scheme of thing, Ghosts is going to be maybe arguably maybe the last giant 360 game. Well, uh, you don't think uh, Titanfall will have so, weight on 360? I think that I think it's going to be interesting to see how that breaks. To tell you the truth, because they've marketed it so much as a next gen game, I've seen a number of places in forums and you know even in threads where people say, "Oh, I didn't even realize it was a 360 game." Sure, and it's been forgotten. It's PC as well, right? So I think that you know they'll catch a lot of folks who would have been waiting for a PlayStation version, and they'll go with a PC version. But then I don't know. I I really don't know. I don't think that Titanfall can get. You know, Call of Duty has become this mainstream phenomenon and the the market penetration in the united states of the 360 makes ghost still this holiday just that game it's that game that's going to be in every walmart in every target and you know well, no i think gta 5 is still going to be that game and call of duty is sort of competing for that space but i think this holiday is still gta 5 so for multiplayer and for 360 specificity, I'd say that Ghosts yeah, I can is higher. See that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. You're absolutely right. I have no argument with you about Grand Theft. I think Grand Theft is is big, but Grand Theft's still going to have a huge place on PlayStation Three as well. And I don't know how. And there is definitely a PlayStation Three community that's playing Ghosts as well. Obviously, yeah. And people pointed out to me there's a big PlayStation community playing Battlefield Three and Four. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Well, to let's see. not forget that Sony uh, co-marketed Battlefield Three, so, right? But Microsoft's co-marketing Battlefield Four. So, yeah. Oh, the confusion. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm curious to see how Titanfall falls out because um, Respawn has kind of, I felt gone out of their way to say we are not making that version. We're doing the Xbox One, and then we have this other team working on the 360 version. This is our focus. This is blah blah blah. Whereas Ghost is very clearly a team that kudos to them for getting it out. I think there are problems in the game, but they did this cross-gen game. And it very clearly was that from the beginning. There aren't huge differences between the PS4 and current-gen versions. According to the reviews I read, I haven't played any next-gen versions of the game. But like they went in with that mission to make this game that could be on both systems. Right. And will Titanfall have that? Or what limitations? We haven't seen or heard anything about the current-gen Titanfall version. So I think if it's a piece of shit, <laughs> then yeah, people will go to the Xbox One version. Well, but. and what a tough position to be in because unlike Ghosts, which is ostensibly a 
this gen game right. that's being up res to next gen. You know, we're all seeing Titanfall as a next gen 720p game. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. Sometimes the inner troll just sort of reaches up and grabs my vocal cords. Uh, and th- and then having to make a 360 version that runs out right. of it. And so who knows where their engine is? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Good, great question. So Christian, you got into Ghosts and and did not last very long. It's the the same it was it felt the same to me and i know they've done different things with them and the last call of duty that i played to completion was um black ops one and i played that i know single players aren't that long and i got into that multiplayer world and i had fun with it and i mean my the tail on those games is just diminished i think the most time i put in in any call of duty was probably the beta for the original modern warfare i mean i was hooked when modern warfare came out i mean just dumped hours into it and since then it's been diminishing returns and so I got excited. You know, I wanted to see what the new hotness was. So I red boxed ghosts. And, it, it, I, you know, after an hour of playing it, I just kind of was done. And I realized I'm still working. I was still at the time working through Batman Arkham Origins. And there were still other games that I saw on my shelf that I wanted to get cleared off before next gen started. And so I just kind of looked at it like, I don't need to play this. It's not, it's not for me. And that's okay. It's funny that you put it as knee because it's not even that I don't want to play it. It's that I don't need to play it. Why would you even need to play it ever? It's like, is it is it that sort of, oh, it's Call of Duty. I'm supposed to play it. Modern Warfare had that kind of, you need to play it kind of, kind of, kind of vibe yeah. where, where, you know, you wanted something to talk about at the water cooler and it just doesn't do it anymore. Like, you know, people aren't around the water cooler talking about Call of Duty anymore. I think there's, yeah, both sides of that are true where I do think part of it for what I do and what we do, there is a need to play these these big games. I still feel this compulsion. Like, I got I to gotta stay current. I got to be playing this game. And then part of it gotta is... Got to prestige. Yeah. And then to be the gamer, you know, you have to play these games. You got to go to the midnight launch. But I'm but being more thing, and more comfortable saying no. <laughs> you're, but you're also, you're not the multiplayer player. Right. And And increasingly, Call of Duty has become all about, you know, the campaign is... Get in, get accustomed to the feel of this week's game, or I'm sorry, this year's game. The, the and, campaign's almost cut and paste at this point in in more ways than one. Uh, Andrea pointed me to a video yesterday where they shot the ending to Modern Warfare to the Modern Warfare Two campaign is cut and paste to the beginning of the Ghost campaign. Like it's really by purpose. I don't know if it's by purpose or if it's out of well, it's like not a direct. Lack, I saw lack, the video lack, lack of, too. It, it looks like they reused models or assets. Like it's the same wow. shots, but new skins. It, on yeah, them I don't know if it's like lack of originality or laziness or I don't know Which what. Strange it is. because they did hire a Hollywood screenwriter to put together this script for Ghosts. I mean, they don't they don't treat it that lightly. They do actually put some effort into putting together a narrative story. I mean, for eventually, it. It, in any military first person shooter, the the likelihood of a dude having to pick up another dude and walk him to a vehicle pretty <laughs> pretty high pretty or, high. or like you're walking pretty, and you suddenly get knocked down and yeah, oh yeah, no you gotta get uh, uh, you're, you're, that so you're walking now. and the bridge underneath you collapses and you know your legs like flail and then you roll and then you know the screen goes blur these are things that happen in pretty much every can we have a spoiler tag to there, that there will be there will be an unwinnable situation <laughs> where your enemy has someone at gunpoint you have to decide <laughs> will I shoot them can I shoot them oh slow-mo I can shoot them with a headshot so, amazing these so campaigns I, I are so filled with tropes now so I don't, I don't i don't part of me is just like no i think it would actually take more effort to like go back into old modern warfare code copy the animation uh like data old and, code what's the difference between that and the new code oh snap uh, 30 frames a second <laughs> but this isn't a, this isn't uh new i mean this isn't entirely just games i mean there was a big thing with michael bay movies where right the scenes from the island i think it's the island and transformers yep, the same that freeway is, chase yep. and that was some, the one why not like 
I don't if you don't notice it when you're playing and it's fine and you get to reuse assets. I mean, I'm not even here right now. I just recorded this and I'm just plugging it in remotely. Hopefully, I'm not talking over anyone. It, it's so interesting <laughs> because uh, when, when one of my friends told me on Twitter, he goes, he goes, we don't let movies get away with this. Like, why would we let something like this, like Call of Duty, get away with it? And I go, well, yeah, that's why I said it was pretty mediocre in my review. So, uh, well, and to be fair, I think we oftentimes do we let movies do. get away we with that. We let movies get away with that quite a bit. With the Christian's example that he just gave. You're going to see Thor two at like midnight tonight. There, I mean, it, that they're, that movie is doing something of- different ish. But it's it's a super. I love superhero movies, but that movie is full of tropes and based on something that's been around for forever. And there's going to be nothing new or crazy in it. And Natalie Portman's character is still going to be shitty. It's okay to be. But yet you would still do her. I'm married. You watch the movies for the characters. You don't you don't play the game so much for character for you know character. If only you had seen the look, Christian was like, yeah, I do her. Said it all with his eyes. Wait, Black Swan? Yeah, okay, I'm in. Okay, uh, Black Swan, Natalie Portman's pretty hot. I think some games you do play for the... Ca- I mean, I, that's what I think is great about games, but I think some people do go into this for the characters, especially, and I think Call of Duty's tried to portray this as the building characters. This game, especially from the hour I played, I mean, it's about these two brothers and the relationship with their dad. Name of oh. either of them. Who fucking cares? That's that, exactly. <laughs> how, can it be, how can it be about characters if you can't even tell me the name of either of them? Yeah, can, can you, anyone... Aside, I guess I think the only memorable character that Call of Duty has had in like the past 10 years is Ghost. No, and Soap, Tap, Tap, McTavish. Yeah, Soap. I would say Soap, yeah. Okay, I'm proven wrong right away. But Hey, I, what about Riley? Riley the dog. Everyone knows Riley. We'll, 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 get, in, we'll, we'll get into Riley the dog. <laughs> but, but it's so, it's, they're so, for, the characters are so forgettable in the Call of Duty game. Like, I don't even really think. Which is a shame because, you know, despite having like veered off into, you know, we're having a little fun and, and poking fun at, at Call of Duty is I, is, I think that as the movie business illustrates for our willingness and interest and, and love to go back and see stuff like that is that, you know what, if Call of Duty could keep achieving at a, at a level, that at whatever this level is, I don't even know what this level is, but at this at this level of giving me that good experience, we'd all be in. I'm re- I'm actually I am still bizarrely curious to play the campaign this weekend, just from the extent of over the years there've been a number of games that have tried to emulate and imitate the Call of Duty cinematic experience. Battlefield still trying, yeah, and still falling short. I mean, yeah. when it comes down to it, those games have still still continued to be a step above even the ones who try to imitate. I do think that Treyarch has ascended to the throne and, and is the, you know, the real carrier of the torture call of duty. Curious to see what they'll do next with it. But I, but I, yeah, I'm kind of thinking, okay, you know, can I, can I pull my, does the game let me enjoy ghosts for what it is? Or is it so far, you know, I guess this is a real case of jumping the shark. Has it really jumped the shark so far that that you no longer can even sit there and just be stupid and enjoy a popcorn flick but game? But for you, and that's the thing, some people, are, it hasn't, and they still really enjoy oh, it. Yeah. But I'm where, where you might be, that it has done that for me, and that's okay, is what I'm, is what I'm trying to say. Like, that's fine in knowing it's not for me and I'm not going to finish it, but other people love it. And I think going back, Ozzy, what you're saying, I mean, it is in movies. What's Shia LaBeouf's character's name in Transformers? Does anyone know? I fucking hate a Shia LaBeouf character. It's <laughs> a great care. point. He was in three of them. It's the it's the guy. You know the. He's I have, the what, but I but I get, but I get what you're, but, I, but I get what you're saying. I get what Natalie you're saying. Natalie you're, Portman. You're, 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 you're going <laughs> for the action movie experience. Any and that's of those. Call, and that's I mean, Call of Duty does you, very well in his campaigns. Right. You know John McClane. You know Die Hard. Yeah. But like, name, exa- exactly. That's a great point. But then there are tons of action movies that are wonderful and fun to watch, and you kill an afternoon with them. But who? 
Who are they? Who are any of these characters? What was uh, White House Down? I don't, I don't know any of the characters' names in that. And I really liked that movie. But it was just like Channing really Tatum. I haven't even seen Channing it. Channing really, Tatum really and it? Jamie Foxx. It's really fun. Okay. It's really fun. But I don't know. Because I'm not, I'm not watching it for that. But it had a story, clearly. And I think Call of Duty still has that, too. And I think just to dismiss it, well, you know, it's shit. Because I don't like it. That's fine, but someone else really likes That's what they want out of it. I'm not dismissing it so much because I didn't like it. I just was just a little disappointed because I feel like they could have gone more. They could have done a little more with it. Like, they actually do break off into new territory every now and then. But they'll do it for like maybe five minutes spurts and they'll put you right back into the same campaign that you But don't they have to do that? Isn't that you ordering Domino's and then complaining that it's not a corner New York stock if pizzeria? It, You're like, well, fucking this is Domino's. Yeah, an, you ordered Domino's. It's an, it, it really is an interesting catch-22 because you, if you change it's it. Domino's with a different topping. <laughs> I ordered a different topping on half tonight. <laughs> Yeah, I still want the other half with pepperoni and onions, exactly. but I'll get but, something weird. The other this. half better be crazy. <laughs> if you do nothing with the Call of Duty formula, you 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 risk you're, you're stagnant. You don't do. You're just treading the same water over and over again every single year. But if you change it too much, then you know why did you change my? Oh, Call you mean of that's Duty, the bro? argument? Yeah, that is the argument. Yeah. And the and I, and I think the counter argument, or, or somewhere along the lines, we've gotten to the point of well, we're just going to blast them for being stagnant. But the problem isn't just being stagnant. It somewhere is in execution because the modern warfare that we look back and love and still think that we love is still essentially the same game, but somehow rose above all of this by its effort and execution. And I think that even if you go back and play it now, and I haven't done this myself, but I've seen people who have talked about this. If you go back and play it now, it still holds up. It still gets you in that way. It was really that first. And it's not because it's original anymore. It was really that first next-gen Call of Duty experience at the time. I mean, Call of Duty 3 came out for 360 and PS3, but it didn't quite, it didn't quite scratch that. It was still kind of that, that PS2 generation type of... Well, I think Call of Duty 2 on 360 was pretty damn good. And I, I, I agree and disagree with you, Garnet. I think there's some truth to that, but that it is a better game and well-constructed and had a, a clearer, tighter vision because they were making this, they wanted to. They were taking the series a step forward, bringing it into the modern warfare, <laughs> bringing it modern. But I do think that people are playing it with nostalgia glasses on. Because I think to really do that, you need to find someone that's 12 Never to 14. Never played either of them. Yeah, and had, or maybe played this one. Because there was an interesting, it was on Gaff, you know, when the review started coming out for Ghost, being like, oh shit, looks like this is the worst Call of Duty since Modern Warfare 2. And then you saw other users that were like, wait. I liked Warfare 2. It was the first one I played and I loved it. My brothers and I played for hours and it was the, the most, and then I went back to Modern Warfare 1. It just seems so simple, straightforward and dumb. And so, I don't, I don't know. But I'm perfectly happy saying it sucks to Sam me. Wi- Sandwich Wiki. <laughs> Did you just look it up? Sandwich Wiki. <laughs> That's Shia LaBeouf's name Sam as you Wiki. sit in front of your computer. Yeah. No one knows that. Michaela Barnes. Who's that? Michaela it's Barnes. Fox. It's Megan Fox. Wait, wait, wait. So you don't even... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What are the characters' names? And then I, I want to see if there's like erotic fan fiction with those characters. Sam- I, I want to know if the people that are really into Transformers, like, if they're bothering to write fan fiction, if, if they still actually know these characters' and, and names. definitely if Bumblebee is involved. Well, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Sam Witwicky and Michaela uh, Baines. Those aren't names! <laughs> I wonder how many times their names are said in the movie. I mean, I've uh, seen them all, and I kind of enjoyed the third Transformers. I like how IMDb is all official about Tyrese Gibson's name. USAF Tech Sergeant Epps. <laughs> he doesn't even have a first name. His first name is either USAF Tech or Sergeant. Yeah, those are all what, good What, you're not going to name your kids USAF? USAF Tech Sergeant Epps. 
Do you see a first name? Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Epps, get over here! Why, why didn't they get Mike Epps to play that? It would have <laughs> fit. Maybe he was first choice. Maybe in the next one. So all this having been said, and, and I'll, I'll let Ozzy come back to his campaign here in a minute, because he's finished the whole campaign. But I do think that there's ample room to still have a great experience in multiplayer, because, come on, as short as the campaigns are, and for all the things that we've seen, what's what, what the emphasis absolutely lies in multiplayer in this game. I mean, look, they put a lot of work into it. They put a lot of work into, and I think that it's hard, especially in in as big a scope game as Call of Duty online games have become, to issue a review for them when they come out. Because one of the things, you know, some of the things that are cool, one of them is this idea of you have squads, that learn that are based off of your AI fingerprint, and you're and they and they play for you while you're logged out and go and do stuff. It's very much like a drivatar sort of thing, right? Well, how the hell could you even incorporate that into your review when your review comes out? You know, when you have to have a review out basically at launch time, you've maybe played a few matches in arranged matches. There's been no time to see like, hey, what happens in two weeks? You know, does my AI learn? How well do they play online? What kind of rewards do I get from them playing online? Do I think that's cool? Do I come back to it? Do I like outfitting them or do I wind up finding this is all stupid? I mean, there's all these interesting questions around that, but it takes time, much like an MMO, for those things to evolve. We've reached a point with Call of Duty multiplayer where at most you can maybe come up with a few new game modes and, you know, just kind of tweak what you have. Like, so you, you don't you think you don't think the squads thing is cool? Uh, jury's out for me. Like, like you said, it needs more but time. Jur- but jury, <laughs> jury's out and you wrote the review. That's, that's the point. But there wasn't enough time to dive into squads full. I know. That, that's, that's exactly, yeah. That's I like, I like the idea. Point. That's yeah. his, that's his entire point. <laughs> Touchdown! Uh, for the listeners uh, at home. Did, I, did Andrew, I walk right into that? Andrew took off his glasses and cleaned them while saying that. <laughs> it was yeah. pretty, pretty perfect. Yeah, because I, because I walked right into it. But no, I, mean, I don't know how you solve that. I don't either. And because Activision, the review, I don't know where you played it, but a lot of my friends that played it were at the review event. And and that's where they played it, and that's where they played the PS4 version. And you you do it in, do reviews need to say, is it so known that they don't need to say it? Or do they need to say, this is based on the stuff we were able to get our hands on? Like you guys talked about either last week or two weeks ago, you know, GTA coming out without the online and if that would change reviews. And it's like, this this weird thing where you're looking at it for what you're given, and that's what review is based on. Yeah. Well, I tell you what works out, what works about the Call of Duty review events, and actually we didn't go to the Call of Duty review event, but what works about those events for the multiplayer aspect of the game is that they're two and a half, three day long events. And because the campaign is short, really what they're focused around is getting a large number of players at the same time playing the game so that you can actually play through all the different modes. Because they do. They do throw a shit ton of modes at you. And, and I agree. I mean, it gets increasingly difficult to say, what's, what are we going to do new? What can we do where we put two teams of players with guns in their hands? Yeah, because a large majority of those modes are just derivative of what they've done before. Right. Like, I think the only one that really felt kind of different to me was Hunted. And that's the one where you start off with just a pistol, and then they're dropping weapon crates, and you're supposed to find the crate and go upgrade your gun. See, at least that's a little different. It's a little it more draws fun. people to the crates. And, and, it's, and it's more balanced, because everyone starts off with the exact same weapon. And you don't have any perks. You don't have any kill streaks. It's it's just it's based on a, it's a lot more skill based than the other game modes, and I, that's I know, something where they took a chance and it kind of worked. I know they're out there, and I haven't looked at them, but I'd love to see. And certainly, Activision has them. I'd love to see the stats of you know we introduce all these new game modes, but ninety two percent of people just play right domination or just play X, and so all every year people graphs. are like, we want we need more modes. No, you don't. 
It's like this is what you play. This is what you actually play. Yeah, those Coke, you know, those awesome Coke machines where you get to push the thing and you get to add like 20 different little flavors. Have you seen those? Yeah. Uh, They're at five guys, at least in in LA. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And so I have family that's in the soda distribution business on kind of all sides of it. And Coke has put those out there, but they they, uh, track all of that. And oh, really? It's, it's something of like course they do. 98% of all people just get regular Coke. And it's like, oh, these options, you can do all, And Activision has all the same stuff, and you complain because you're not getting this diversity, but you never touch that mode. Mm-hmm. And so, it, I don't know, it's, it's, it's interesting to say it politely. The other thing I'm, I mean, the other thing I think it's gonna be interesting to check out that I'm curious about. The reason I'll play multiplayer is to play like modes like that to check out the squad thing. And then I also thought that the in-game mission things were kind of cool sounding. Oh, the field orders? Yeah, yeah those, that's a really cool idea. See, that, that, that's another example of like a little tweak that you throw in, and that you know it it freshens it up just enough. It doesn't like really push it forward, but at least it's at least it kind of adds to it. And this is where bit. I get torn about games like this. Do I want more than that? I mean, do, what do I want? Do I want do I want the new model that has, you know, a nicer interior and 35 more horsepower and different lights, uh, you know, different trim on the front fascia? Or do I want them to rip the whole car apart and give me a whole new one? Is, is the formula condemned to be stagnated? Well, then it depends on what you like. Because I know yeah. Jeff talked about uh, Arkham Origins last week. And he talked about it on his, the recent newest, latest best. And we, our opinions on the game, our view on the game are exactly the same. But our final scores would be totally different. Uh-huh. I think you'd give it like a six or a seven. And to me, it's aside from technical glitches, another nine or ten because it's more of the same and exactly what I wanted. And I love that game. Like, yes, give me more. Yeah, I, do yeah, I want I, another slice of this pizza? Hell yeah, I do. Yes, and I want uh, and I want the original side. Don't give me that other half side that you fucking ordered because I didn't order that. I don't want it, and I want another. I'd love to play Uncharted Four. That is just another Uncharted in I don't know where, hmm. but like I. There are certain games that, for me personally, yeah. I still love and I love the formula and I don't want them to mess with it. I don't know if that same antipathy is there for those series. Just because for Call of Duty, it's been the same game every year. All right, year so tell me about the campaign. Campaign, uh, I ran through the campaign in about five hours. And it's a lot of it is the same kind of formula. You're doing, you're kind of like on a on a linear path. You're just, uh, Kind of, or, or or you're definitely on one. You're definitely, you're definitely on, on one. You're definitely on one with the exception of maybe one, one mission where you're driving a tank. Oh. And, and the thing is, it's... Yeah, but that that's that's part of the problem that I have with it is because they give you like those novel kind of twists where you're like you're driving a tank for one mission. I'd like for, to point out you just called driving a tank novel in a shooter. <laughs> <laughs> I I know that's that's how far I'm reaching. Uh, you're you're controlling a helicopter to try and like provide cover fire for you know the troops down below. Okay, and then of course there's the moments with Riley the dog where you're controlling the dog for you you attach a satellite to Riley's back. You can and it lets you control Riley like directly. You go out, you kill dudes. Do you have but to give I, him like some cosequin ahead of time or something? <laughs> Sorry, it's a little that joke. <laughs> it didn't really go that well, did it? And the other thing that more doggy. Let let Ozzy stay on his linear path of explaining <laughs> the campaign. You're exactly. trying to throw options, and it's just it's running amok. Exactly. <laughs> and the great the great thing about that I really liked about Riley was that. It lets you do something a little different because at that point it turns into more of a stealth kind of thing where, you know, you're supposed to scout out ahead and like check the area for everyone. So you're like hiding in the grass. You're trying to avoid getting spotted. And that's at least something novel. The thing is, all these novelties last at most five, ten minutes. But and isn't, then that, isn't that what Call of Duty has always done? I mean, yeah, we applauded, we applauded Call of Duty when it had the KC-135 gunship. I and it was more like, of that. You're like, oh, the gunship yeah. was awesome, but maybe, yeah. the, maybe the gunship was awesome because they didn't give you too much of it. Yeah. Right. It was, it's like the same thing for Assassin's Creed 3 where they gave you the naval battles and they didn't give you enough of it. 
to the point where they made an entire new game based completely around it. But and even the stuff that I didn't like, like this, there's there's battles in space, there's space combat where you're you're trying to uh, go control a satellite that's been taken over by South American terrorists because, of course, South American terrorists can get into space. Uh, and hey, and even could happen. And, India's India's putting a probe to Mars so South Americans can get into space. Well, of course, I always read about those Bolivian uh, astronauts all the time. But uh, but uh, and but I mean, just a game where a dog takes down a helicopter. I don't really think... wait. The dog takes down a helicopter. I did not see the dog take down a helicopter. The fact that you don't read about it makes it true. By the way, I think I said never, the wrong. I think I said the wrong airplane. I meant an AC one thirty, not a KC one thirty. There you go. Which is a which is a tanker. I don't know why. I, I thought a KC one thirty was barbecue sauce. Okay. Ooh, could be mm, good. Tasty. AC one thirty. Well, anyway, yeah, wait. The, the, the dog doesn't take down a helicopter. No, I didn't see the dog take down the helicopter. I don't know. Maybe you chose the wrong path. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> The extent that I got to control the dog was probably the opening level. He and, forgot the begging strips. And, and, <laughs> and got to bribe him. And that was it. You never control the dog again. You barely see the dog again. There's really? No, yeah. There's after the, all the hype. Exactly. You oh, get, that sucks. I was actually looking. I, I actually thought that would be fun. To be like, yeah. okay, well, it's, yeah, it like seems a, like a gimmick, but I want to fucking play with my dog. And it's a good gimmick too. It really does work. I really wish it, it was more it's, of it. In, but, it's Infinity Ward's take on the Dead to Rights franchise. <laughs> <laughs> The only other part of the game where you see the dog again is towards the end where, where you know, the dog gets caught in a blast and you have to escort it. Wait, you, wait, there's an escort mission with the dog? There is an escort mission with do the you, dog. Do you pick up the dog and slowly uh, limp towards the vehicle yes. in the distance? Yes. My see? God, it's old yeller. <laughs> there's so, no God just so, there. So that that's where my frustration with the campaign comes in is even when it takes chances like that, it doesn't do it for very long. And it's like, you know, kind of go forward with it. The campaign doesn't have to be four hours. You can extend it out to like six to eight and like, you know, just kind of... Really, you you, you want a Call of Duty campaign to go longer than it already I, I know that sounds like a little contradictory, but they went really short this time around. And I know we're, we're getting more accustomed to bite-sized experiences after playing games like Gone Home or Call of Duty Juarez. Or Call of Duty. Call of Juarez Gunslinger. Like, that. that's the one I was Great. If you haven't played it, go play that game. It's exactly. Great. Really good. We're used to getting those like... Bu- those shorter campaign experiences, but I think this was like really short, even by Call of Duty standards. What was the last Call of Duty campaign you enjoyed, if any? The last Call of Duty campaign that I enjoyed was probably modern, probably uh, shoot, probably the first Modern Warfare. It's been a while. Is this one is uh, Ghosts worse, better, or the same in your opinion as those other campaigns post Modern Warfare? Does that make sense? I don't you know, know I, I I get what you're saying. You're asking if it's and it's hard. If you haven't liked any campaign really since Modern Warfare, is this one the same as those, or is it noticeably worse or better? In your I don't. I don't. Th- I don't think it's noticeably better. I think it's. Mo- it just feels like the same. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's. I don't know. And and the thing is, you kind of have to slog through the campaign if you want to open up the co-op mode. And the co-op mode is probably the best part of the game. Just just just. just See, I think the question opinion. starts to become too like, wh- where's your where's your your personal line of what should I get out of this game that I bought? Like, how much do I expect from a campaign? How much do I expect from co-op? And then how much do I expect from my online experience? And, you know, depending on how they fill those buckets, there's, I think there's a reasonable argument to say that they're giving you a good game value, but it depends on, give, that they are creating a good game value, how valuable it is to you really depends a lot on what you're looking for out of it. Yeah, and and once again, I mean, games shouldn't necessarily be judged by their value. Uh, I think there's a lot of 
games that offer a lot of value per se. Like, uh, I think a good example is We Party You, which I reviewed. It is a great value. You're, <laughs> There's a shit yeah. ton to play. You're you're getting well, not yeah, not you, only you, that, you but get you're a also, Wii remote. Yeah, you're getting a Wii remote in the cost of admission. So you know, it is a great value. But you know what's also a great value, like uh like a Jack Taco, and it's really it's satisfying. It's fifty cents. It's available ex- at Jack in the Box. Go to jackinthebox.com. <laughs> and uh, but I but don't think we, we actually got paid for no, that. No, no, we did it. But but I but, think we successfully coined a new analogy. But it, it it's it's not the best taco you've ever had in your life, right? <laughs> like so, you you can certainly enjoy you can certainly enjoy things that have high value. We party the Jack Taco of, <laughs> of video gaming. Not the best taco you've ever had. Yeah. I think the, but it is deep fried. It, it, it really is. I don't know how the hell you deep fry a taco. But anyway. The, uh, you, you put the taco in the tray and you put it in the oil and oh. then you take it out. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> but I think that, but yeah, going back to what real, just, if you can take a chance with the Call of Duty campaign, do it because no one else is All right, buying. so you said that a bunch of times. What chances, let, let, let you, I want to give you, I'm going to give you a little bit to riff here. If you were taking a chance, if someone, if I walked into you and said, okay, Ozzy, we read your review, we're disappointed, but you know what? We want to hear what you have to say. What would you, what would you tell them to do with it? Go go in more, pick a direction, a little bit of a different direction, and go with it. Take that first level with Riley the dog and extend it out to a full campaign. Throw in more mechanics with the dog. You can, it's it, it might get gimmicky, but at least it's different, and at least you and you can still center it around that that formula that you've always done for the past ten years. I mean, I guess the problem with Ghost is that it, it's not like Black Ops Two, which had a very clear gimmick, right? right? It's like, oh, yeah. oh, you're going into the near future. There's going to be drones. There, uh, so there are. I, I thought there were interesting things that they did mechanically because of the setting. Yeah. But Ghost, on the other hand, it's like, well, w- you, what you, is it? You, you go know? into the near future, but they don't take advantage of the setting so much. You can ju- you can basically set it now and it still be the same story. Well, it, it is a very very near future. Yeah. But, but ten, but, ten years, long but, enough for South America to unite and completely once hammer again, the mean, United States. I mean, once again, like, don't think about like the possibilities of of the Call of Duty narrative. I, I mean, but look, but it's not like Battlefield Four is any better. It's yeah. it's another it's another. Oh my God, China! Yeah. Like, oh my God, China! <laughs> throw our hands up! Ah! But that that's part of the action movie experience with the Call of Duty campaign. Is it, it's a little outrageous, but at least you know, at least it's. But the but the 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 thing that that resonated with, with me when you and I were talking about it was you. Like the space mission, like why? Why is that? Like why didn't they go into more detail with that? There's an underwater mission. Like why didn't they go into more? Yeah, they're they're, like, they're they're just they're like dipping the toes in the waters of potential creativity, and right. then like and then like it's too cold, and they just run away. And that and, and that, I'm saying and I'm saying that as a, and I'm saying that as a guy that didn't really like the space missions. Like I I've gotten to the first space mission, and I'm just like, okay, I stepped into a dead space game by accident. But and that's uh, awesome. Yeah, you know? like dead space is pretty cool. I mean, I. I haven't played Ghost, so I can't I can't comment on and whether or not they did it right. But it seems like there's there's at least these ideas. Yeah, to me it was dull, but at least it was different. At least it was at least they were trying, and then they just abandoned it like five minutes later to go back to you know you're on you're on a linear path, you're shooting guys, you're you're defending this point. Yeah, you know, it's like yes, I've I, done I, all this before. I, I do think that in terms of like Metacritic and number scores, I think Activision and Infinity uh, and uh, Electronic Arts would probably just benefit from not bothering with a single player campaign. Like the fact that they're offering it means that a lot of publications judge the campaign. I mean, Battlefield but, but, for sure. I mean, I don't know if you guys, uh, if you guys ever watch uh, Modern War Negro's videos on YouTube. I think he does awesome, awesome video reviews. And he did a, a Battlefield Four review, and you know, he he 
it, it was obvious that he liked the game because he liked the multiplayer because the multiplayer was great because as he pointed out you know the maps in Battlefield 4 are some of the best maps they've ever designed mm-hmm. but the but the single player almost almost is like an anchor on the game because like, he's like it's just a joke like i mean it would be i mean I, i'm trying to think of uh, equivalent like do we expect uh you know deep narrative experiences from our sports games every year no like and and we don't judge them based on that they and, they could do a lot more with multiplayer if they just completely scrapped the campaign like they tried out with uh, dy- dynamic maps and events and that type of thing in both games but so here they, lies they, the excitement for Titanfall, and not ironically, it's Respawn, who basically are the guts of Infinity Ward that made the great games. Yeah, yeah. and 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 the, I think the, one of the reasons why Titanfall is so exciting, even for like, and and I'm really happy that people are excited for Titanfall, myself included, because it reminds me that oh man, it's not the genre. Like it's not like there's still hope. I oh yeah. Like for 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 a long while, I was just like maybe I don't like first person shooters anymore. Like that that's what I was afraid of. That 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 Call of Duty has warned me of the entire genre. But then something like Titanfall comes out, and it's like oh no, there there's actually still so much room for oh, for innovation. Isn't Killzone going to be a huge test of this? Because Oof. I mean, having seen the video, it, it looks of it, gorgeous. It but, looks astounding. But even when that first that reveal first came out and they showed that first, I'm just like, well, I'm glad we're glad we're getting the exact same experience we're getting now on a next gen console. Well, I mean, or or are we? I mean, don't don't be so quick to prejudge Oz. I mean, right. the, there's only well, so well, much well, you can show in videos, but that's going to be the test. Right. I mean, it's go- it looks we know from the I mean, they put up some gorgeous high def footage recently on the PlayStation blog that is just it, it it makes you go wow. It really literally made me go wow. And that gets me excited for playing it, but then the same thing kind of creeps in is is it just going to be you know, that derivative, non-engaging experience, even though it's gorgeous. We're, we're at least interested in it now. And we could, we both can say that necessarily the first time they showed it off way back in like April. No, I mean, I I, I even trolled it for looking. I thought the video yeah. that they showed at, you know, five, at E3 was very brown. And five five seconds to brown, yeah. like all those jokes. But the more they've shown of it, the more it looks interesting. Absolutely. Absolutely. By the way... It uh, really wasn't that brown in the initial video. <laughs> well, it was to my eyes. God. <laughs> But now that it's in 1080p. Now it's in 1080p. It's so much better. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> By the way, I was a correction, or not a correction, just a little update for mm-hmm. you. Guns do fire in space, evidently. Yeah, really? Yeah, they, because they, because we, had this, we had this conversation a few days ago. We were talking about how, like, guns, do guns really fire in space? And guns in space in Call of Duty work the exact same way that they, they do actually yeah, work better. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, I think Mark Rubin actually went into a really detailed uh, exp- explanation about that. Yeah, uh, so the cartridges, the, the way the propellant works actually has the O2 already in it. It's all encased. And then you lose atmospheric pressure. So you lose like 14 PSI working against the bullet. It works better. The gun works better in space. Well, I happily stand corrected. I still don't think there are any South American astronauts, but, <laughs> but that shouldn't even be like a thing that nah, I'm, like... ju- I'm just riff. I'm just riffing it. <laughs> Although Andrew and I had a good thought about it. Like it would have been cool if they had somehow incorporated, uh, you know, we all saw gravity right lately. Right. And of course, yes. what I think is cool about gravity is the, is the improvised ways that the astronauts who are in space in free flight find to motivate and move themselves around. Wouldn't it have been cool if somehow they had incorporated the, you know, the, the effect of gunfire on your physical movement inside the vacuum 
which of course would have been disorienting as hell. But wow, it would have been crazy to have like different guns with different rates of fire and different effects on how much. I you mean, moved this and... just sounds like a game that we should make. Someone, uh, someone kickstart it, and uh, we'll do it. De- De- Dead Space did a did a pretty good job with the shooting in space. I, I, at least I thought so. Anyway, shooting yeah. in space, but, but shooting in space wasn't your mode of transportation. That, that's, right. that's, that's dude. That's yeah. the name of our game right there. Shooting in space. I, I, let's do it. Uh, we'll kickstart it, and it will come out right after Republic. <laughs> it, it, it'll basically be just like asteroids except you're the you're the spaceship or something <laughs> alright well you won't have to wait that long uh, for us to come back when we do we will talk with Andrew about all things Xbox One he's got a bunch of stuff to let go there we still have Christian coming up to talk about some Batman handheld don't go anywhere Weekend Confirmed will continue this episode of Weekend Confirmed is brought to you by the Gamefly app, the must-have app for gamers with info on over 50,000 console, handheld, iOS, and PC games. Get up-to-the-minute gaming news along with thousands of HD videos and screenshots. Get into the action by creating your own profile, post updates about what you're playing, and stay connected with friends and other gamers. Tired of standing in lines? Find great deals on new and used games, pre-order upcoming titles, and get Gamefly's daily deals all from the palm of your hand. If you're already a Gamefly member, manage your game queue on the go and keep games you like with just one tap. Get the Gamefly app for free today on your iPhone, iPad, and Android devices. All right, ready to dive into the second half of the show where we're going to let Andrew unwind and talk about all kinds of things. He was up in San Francisco for a big Xbox One event where they had a number of games. Uh, you've probably seen lots of video from there, but he's got a lot of hands-on pr- impressions from the actual playing of the games. Uh, so yeah, I, th- I think I want to start off with um, how ridiculous it is that Microsoft embargoed so much about Xbox One because you... Uh, for me, like it's just frustrating to like sit idly by and like watch all these like unfounded rumors go around, and then just be like, "Well, I can't tell you one thing or another," you know. Uh, and so I, I think it's another example of Microsoft just sort of shooting themselves in the foot uh, in terms of in terms of PR. But yeah, you know what? I agree. And, and as a matter of fact, as as we've come to the finish line for both these consoles, it seems like both marketing groups, Sony and Microsoft, have just sort of spun out of control and and. And by that, I mean, just they just they don't seem to be instead of getting tighter and tighter focused and more into their launch. It's like they're just sort of like rolling around and doing. Well, things. the thing about Sony is that they have so much momentum that like, you know, you you need to I mean, there's they don't have to really do anything. They at don't. This point. Well, they and then unfortunately sort of feels a little bit like they feel that way. Uh, I, I, I will agree with that sentiment. The reason why I would agree with that is that um personally, and I'm sure other uh, other journalists might have different experiences, but. Personally, I've I've seen much more of the Xbox One than I have PlayStation Four, which I think is contrary to what I think a lot of people on Gaff believe. Right? Gaff sort of has this opinion that man, Xbox One is this like total disaster, and you know they don't know what they're doing. And then on November twenty second, when you buy your Xbox, uh, you know, like Phil Spencer's going to crawl out of the box, punch you in the face, and then like, and that's it. You know. Uh, <laughs> Five hundred dollars, Phil Spencer. <laughs> Uh, but it's it's not it's it's really not it's 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 a game console. It plays games, and it's pretty cool. Uh, the games that I really enjoyed, uh, surprisingly, my favorite game was. I can't believe this. I cannot believe this. Was Zoo Tycoon? Uh, he's not kidding. He's totally I'm, I'm not, not kidding. I'm not kidding about this at no, all. I, I believe you, but well, so the reason why, so I should preface it by saying I never played the original Zoo Tycoon or the sequel. And that came out nine years ago, so I think I'm I think I'm okay in in saying that I'm not really familiar with Zoo Tycoon. But the basic premise is really appeals to me. I I want to own a zoo and and manage it. Buy uh, one for Christmas. Um, 
And so... Name one character. Fat Matt Damon. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and so, so the, just that aspect alone makes it really appealing to me. And I think what... Uh, so it's Connectimals dev that, that's working on Zoo Tycoon. And what, what works so well is that you have the top-down sim stuff. So you can, you can see, like, you know, oh, how much money is your zoo making? Are people happy? Are your animals happy? There's, there's a lot of that macro-management stuff. But then you can zoom in. You can go into first-person view. You can what? You can zoom in. Do what? Zoom <laughs> in. I'm so sorry. Uh, into first-person mode. And you can... Benjamin me. Uh, <laughs> oh jeez! With two E's, M E E with two E's. Garnet's just on top of IMDb today. Yeah, and uh, you can walk around the park. Uh, th- those guys also developed the Disneyland Adventures for Connect. So you know, you actually heard was pretty good. Like, uh, I, it yeah, was yeah. actually it was quite. Yeah, good. yeah. So well so they know how to do like theme park experiences, and and so you you get that like macro and micro scale, which was really cool. And then once again, because they have Connectimals experience, you can actually interact with the animals. So. You can actually you can feed all the animals. You know you can like grab using connect. You can grab the fruit on the ground and like lift your. It, it it's not the most intense use of connect, and I'm sure it might even be possible on a Xbox 360. But just having that like simple addition really, I for me, adds so much to the whole entire zoo simulator. At least it's giving you a reason to you know use the hardware like the connect and that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's optional. You don't have to do that. If you want, you can just stay in the top-down view and never interact with your animals. But for me, I'm like, no, I want adorable animals and I want to manage them. And like, they're, they're, it, it, the things you have to consider, like there's like a poop meter uh, and it's like, ah, oh, there's too much poop in the where the hippos are, I better, I better clean it. Uh, and then, and then you're like, no, I won't clean it personally because that's disgusting. I'll just hire janitors. Uh, <laughs> and so there, there's all these things you have to think about. Uh, and there's this uh, monkey see, uh, monkey do uh, mode where you can like make facial expressions uh, to a monkey, and the uh, in-game version will like mimic you. So that's like a really cool way of using the connect facial recognition. Uh, and so, so yeah, I think it's a really good showcase for Xbox One. It's family, it, and it's it's like the only family friendly game at launch. Given that other games are what Rise and uh, Dead, Dead Rising, Rising. Yeah. Dead Rising, and uh, Killer Instinct. Uh, so, in that it's the only really good family game like that, how odd that they would make it a, a Walmart retailer exclusive until the first of the new year? No, no. Well, that only the Xbox 360 version is a. Uh, oh, so the one isn't. Yeah, I think oh, one, I misunderstood. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I thought I, so. That's smart then. Okay. Uh, I mean, and, it's not smart ever to do it, but it's smart that they didn't make the well, one exclusive. Well, it well, kind of is smart because that way they won't have families buying it on 360, right? I mean, if you're trying to, if if you want, and the 360 version is a pretty, it's pretty much a completely different game. I mean, they had to remove half of the animals and got rid of all the connect functionality. So, also, oh, it's not a connect game. Yeah, it's not. On, it's not connect on 360. So. It's definitely a different game, but boy, that's on, a that's an interesting question right there. How quickly is the old Connect going to become just a, a doorstop before you finish that sentence? Yeah, I mean, literally. It I is, don't think it, I don't think I don't think Connect for Xbox 360 was really ever much more than it. Yeah, I mean, okay. for 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 hardcore gamers at least, I think there's a lot of people that use it for Zumba and Dance Central and you know yoga and stuff like that. And the thing is, it's like the it's like we fit right. They got the balance board for one game, and it's not you can release a hundred more balance board games, but they're not going to use it. They got they got that device to do that one thing, and that's all they're going to do. Um, 
And so speaking of fitness, actually, another really cool thing is uh, Xbox Fitness, uh, where uh, when it launches, uh, you actually, if you have a gold subscription, you actually get one free year. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's like Netflix where you have this cloud catalog of of fitness videos like P90X and uh, Insanity and stuff like that. Um, it's just the same videos. It's pretty much the same videos that you would get on DVD. But now that there's Connect, it'll actually give you feedback. So. The trainer isn't gonna like say anything. Uh, it's not. It's not interactive. But the the UI will like show you and grade you on how you're doing. And it's like, oh, it seems like your right leg isn't going as high as it should. Like it'll it'll tell you that. Christian Spicer is not a lawyer, but he has played a lawyer once in an, in a lifetime. What's the liability exposure here? Because you know, there's a lot of there's been a lot of stories of late, especially about people who have seriously injured themselves in especially in insanity. What sort of exposure, just out of curiosity, I, mean, I don't know why that's what came to mind. I guess because I've seen all these things. I mean, are they exposing themselves here? It's true, Garnet. I am not a lawyer. Any legal advice I give is not legal advice. I just I'm, wanted to make sure we're clear about that. Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. No. I mean, there's enough. There's going to there's gonna be like personal a Personal responsibility. There's yeah. going to be a 10-page EULA that's right. going to like go over. Right. There'll be something. You're assuming risk and you're doing this and it says be sure to be, you're, you've gone but to But do be careful. And as a matter of whatever. fact, so a lot of people have been, not to derail things, so this will be t- a two-second thing. A lot of folks have been really great in responding because I've been exercising a lot over the last four or five years. Jeff's always been to, Jeff's into this, into this uh, geeks and sneaks thing that he tags. Uh, I think actually we're going to, I haven't talked to him about this, but I want to talk to him about, you know, maybe incorporating some of that into the tailgate. But one thing that is really important is if you're getting motivated to not, you know, to 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 be smart about it, don't jump in and kill yourself because you can definitely injure yourself getting into exercise too quickly. And so that's a concern. I've worked out. Yeah, I mean, I ran track in college. I was really good, you guys. Um, and I've continued to work out. And you can tell. Um, and the best way people ask, like, I want to start working out. What do I need to do? What's a great first workout? The best workout you can do, the best first workout you can do is something that'll let you work out the next day yeah and so if it's just walk five minutes today and you're going to do that tomorrow do that don't go out and run a 5k and then beat yourself up ease into it commit to it for life it's not a diet it's a lifestyle and you'll be fine sorry andrew just yeah no problem a bunch so uh so back so you think the workout stuff's really cool i think that's i think that's super smart and i could certainly see myself standing in front of the i mean if I could clear the space, I could see myself using that, especially at times when I'm like I don't feel like going down to the gym or whatever, or just getting a quick workout. Especially like the thing that's convenient is I could say, you know, if it was programmable enough, I could say, you know what, I want a 15 minute workout, and have it that then it pulls from all of the data that it's got. It could and use once again, all the that fact- fucking cloud power's got to go someplace. <laughs> Give me like a good cloud powered 15 minute workout. I mean, and and the fact that it's free for gold users in the first year i think that that's going to really oh, I didn't know that yeah it's going to entice a lot of people to do is it. it accessible for non gold members ever yeah so you can actually um if you don't have gold or even if you do have gold you can buy the uh videos a la carte so they're like 10 15 dollars so uh, i feel like what a lot of people will probably do is uh they'll use the like one year of access on on gold find a program that they really like and then just buy that like one disc or whatever because uh, I mean, how many how many fitness videos do you really need in your life? Uh, and then just own it. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like uh, that. That's what I would probably want to do. Um, but I guess in terms of more core stuff, Forza, really, I I I was really amazed by the drive avatars actually. So I, I you guys know me. I, I make fun of Microsoft's over reliance on the cloud, and it it's still stupid uh, the way they've marketed it. But drive specifically are really cool in that 
the way they act, it's really unpredictable. And maybe that's a terrible thing. <laughs> no, that's awesome. But like, that's what that's what I, as a race fan, want. But like, the thing is, people aren't making perfect turns anymore. People are when you're racing, like you'll actually see other cars like tap tap another car. You'll see you'll see a car swerve into the dirt, and you'll see another car like go onto grass, and and no one's making these like perfect lines through these curves and. And that's really exciting. And actually, there's like moments where it's like you just you have you you cannot anticipate what the car in front of you is going to do. And it makes every like every time there's a turn, you have like you have no idea how to approach it. You're like, well, do I want to cut inside him? But no, like he might just swerve and like crash into me. And like, and I'm I'm curious to see how the driver tires will react once uh, you disable or you enable. Uh, physics with damage because by default that's turned off mm-hmm. uh but you know obviously like if cars are bumping into each other then like that 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 changes the dynamic of a race but like For sure but yeah you're, you're, the entire approach to to racing feels very different and and i got to talk with uh dan Greenwald, Greenwald, super cool uh, i've been ahead of turn 10 for forever yeah. he's very very dedicated to uh, racing and so he was talking about how the the goal of four of the five isn't to be in first place anymore so uh, you you make money by just being in in the first three, and and the reason why they wanted to like get away from rewarding first place ex- exclusively is because like he said, you know, and and previous Forza games have done this too. You you find a difficulty that you like you can comfortably get into first place, and then you just set it there like forever, and then you just go into first place, and you never interact with any other racers ever again. Like you just you take the pole pos- pole position, and then you're just you're just done. It- it is. It's a really interesting response to me because, as a huge fan of racing and racing games, the thing that has always annoyed me the most is that racing games, and and especially in the last several years, have just completely abandoned the attempt to be racing. They've gotten to every race is short. Every race is. I mean, if you see a race longer than three laps, it's an anomaly. Most of them are three laps, which means it's a sprint. You have no choice as the you, default, and you're for almost sure. you're almost always start at the very back of the pack, regardless. So you start at the back of the pack, you have three laps around a, a track, even a long track, you're talking about a two and a half, maybe three minute circuit at best at speed. So you have a very little time to bomb your way to the front and then hold on for dear life. And that's not racing. That's not racing at all. And then so it's all about, t- you take huge risks that you would never take, yeah. even in your spec Miata or whatever, where you're just right. you're blasting through corners yeah. to try to get to the front. Because you have no choice. Right. Because you have no choice but to try to get to the front. It's an interesting way to try and solve that. Now, I'm I'm still a proponent of, I think we need to you know find a way to make racing games interesting and, and have ways to drop in and drop out so you could have a real race because... You know, a racing game is one over a race is one over a couple of hours, not not four minutes. So it totally changes things. But this idea of not not pushing you to just be in first place could make for some more interesting racing. And it might, you know, maybe it makes it to where each one of these races is like a little section of a race lifted out. You know, it's like the battle for fourth. I mean, do you you think third place is is enough? Actually, so for me, every time I if I did get in first, I was like, you know what, I really I enjoyed having to fight to get to that position. So I, I every time I got in first or second, I actually bumped up the difficulty. I turned off one of the assists. And and for me, like I, I spent a few hours with the game and and you know, you really you do get a really good sense of driving when you start turning off all those assists. And even though it's it's on a controller, it, it's really interesting. It's like subtle, but and then I I I I turned off like all the like colored lines to like show you like the braking and all that. And it, it were and, rumble triggers in. Yeah, yeah. How, yeah. How's, how's the feedback on the controller? I mean, so in terms of controllers, I've I've spent more time with the DualShock Four than uh, the Xbox One controller, and 
I do prefer the PlayStation 4 controller, but man, I think uh, it does feel like the Xbox One controller was made for Forza. Uh, I, we we ran a story a long time ago, how about the DualShock 3 was actually designed for Gran Turismo. Uh, but yeah, no, this actually feels like it was made for Forza because because the 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 impact trigger triggers like I haven't really felt them in in any other game, uh, but here because that's how you put your you know that's how you accelerate. You actually it, that that additional feedback actually does make a, a difference. It really does add a little bit more immersion. It's not the mo- it's not like the most revolutionary thing, but it is a neat feature that I feel like only Forza does at at launch. You know, you don't really get that feedback from any other kind of game. Uh, so that's cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's obviously really pretty. Um, and so yeah, I, I, I think Forza Five, like just the presentation too, just it, it's such a love letter to 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 driving. Uh, just every every time they introduce a car, it's just I feel like I'm learning so much <laughs> by by playing the game, and it's obviously really pretty. So I'm going to some... be really curious to see your response when you play Gran Turismo Six. Also, yeah, I'm I'm I I want to see their accurately modeled stars. So. But the Gran Turismo, as much as I love parts of that game, I feel like their racing, Garnet, like you were saying, their racing has really, it, it never really was. Their cars are just not on a really line. A so actually, they're, funny thing, if you go back to 5, the cars are not a line. They did, they did. Did they change it? I they haven't did played change. it in So five, 5 did not have cars on a line, but the problem was even the cars going offline was still felt like they were following a line to go offline. <laughs> sure. did that, and if that doesn't make sense, if you played it, it's just there was such a mechanical feel to the way when they when they went off they went off in a very like a scripted kind of way yeah it just seemed like oh yeah he 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 late braked and didn't make his late break yeah yeah, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't the late braked and then tried to compensate Correct, and, and spins then, out and hits the yeah there wasn't any of that it was just like it was just a very like one it was like a one cut running back you know right. <laughs> here's my one here's my one miss oh and then he's like into the, and, then, and then recovers and then keeps going like you know oh no big deal yeah, that's what most drivers are, though. If you overshoot one turn, you're usually perfect. For you're the right race. back in the line. Then you're about, right back yeah. in the race line. You're right back at speed and in the race line. Yeah, totally. And so, you know, I'm hopeful that six will continue and improve on that. You know, because they've they, Gran Turismo shown an ability to find those pieces and tune them up. Although, the, obviously, the gap from four to five was absurd. I'm curious for racing fans if the drive club delay in Forza Five, looking as good as it looks, if that's enough for someone to take the Xbox One plunge for next gen. Because, I mean, I think there are people like me that are just excited about next gen and sure GT6 is coming on current gen, but um, when are you going to get that PlayStation next gen driving game? And will Drive Club be any good when it does? Well, you got Rivals. Yeah, I took the Drive Club, but that's delay. But but that's a very, and that's also a very different kind of game. But it will scratch your itch to a degree of I'm in a car in next gen and driving. Sure. Yeah, no, and it does. It looks great. Or at least what I saw at E3, it looked really pretty. But a lot of fun. It's not Forza or GT. No, right. again, it's, yeah. not, it's, it's not a, like it's a, a traditional it's simulation. A, it's, a, it's a very different kind of game. I wish I could talk more about it. <laughs> but um, so one game that I really didn't like, uh, which I guess isn't too surprising for people that have been listening for a long time, Rise, Son of Rome. Uh, I mean, at E3, it looked like a QTE fest. Did you play it at E3? Uh, no, I didn't. Because uh, e- at E3, it for me was like, how do I said about Thor the movie? The first, like, I went in expecting it to be shit, and I was uh, pleasantly surprised. Okay, so with what uh, it ended so, up. So, so what, 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 what did you, what were you surprised by? 
it not just being a straight QTE. It was uh-huh. more QTE than, say, Batman, but the gameplay was closer to Batman than how it looked on stage when they demoed it. Yeah, 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 no, definitely. Um, so I, I, I was also working under the assumption that it's just a QTE fest, which it, it isn't, but I, I don't think the actual combat is still particularly deep. That's really... I, so actually, it, it sort of gives you that illusion of depth at first because it's actually really satisfying at first uh, when you're like... Oh man, like your your attacks feel like they have a lot of weight to them. Like you're not button mashing. You're you're really taking your time in between each swing. Um and the way the combat works is you have to like block you have to like uh parry and like block with your shield and you know some some attacks are unavoidable so you have to dodge and then you have to make sure that you're not like you have to you're switching up between your light and heavy attacks. Um and so it gives you this illusion of like, oh man, just like I can see a lot more happening here. And then you realize that you're doing the same exact thing for every single enemy. Like, so essentially, like, like okay, you, you encounter an enemy, you're going to start with A, then you're going to hit X, then you're going to hit Y, you're going to hit X, you're going to hit Y. Uh, if the little icon appears on the top of their head, then you hit right trigger, and then you just, you don't even, then, then the QTE starts, and, and the worst thing about the QTEs is that they don't even matter. Like, you... you well, they do, right? They I mean, they, they, they affect your bonus, right? But like ultimately, it's not that empowering. Like it, it, like you don't feel like by pressing X, you're doing something even more awesome than you know if you press Y by mistake, you know? Sure. Uh, and 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 the thing is, the novelty wears out really quickly when every single enemy that you fight requires you to execute them. So like, like it, it would. It's it's odd in that you get really desensitized to the violence really quickly. Like if 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 Kratos was like ripping everyone's like head apart in two, like every time, like every time you were fighting an enemy, the camera zooms in and he like does the exact same animation where he's ripping a guy in half. Like every if, fight's a minotaur. Yeah, yeah. If you, Mortal Kombat that, always ended in a fatality. Yeah, it, you wait. Act, it doesn't always end in a fatality. No, you got to earn the fatality, man. That's part of the fun. It 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 starts losing its value, and that that's really the problem with Rise. Like eventually, you're just like, well, that's every every dude gets killed that way. Like the the twentieth time you see a guy's leg get cut off, and you like stab them in the back. It's like, yeah, whatever. And I feel terrible admitting to that because I'm like, I'm looking at this horrific violence. I mean, Rise is one of the most violent games I've I've seen in a long while, and it being a next gen game, it's like, ooh, next gen violence. Uh, it it's really like it 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 affected me. I'm like, oh my god, this is really. I can't believe they're doing this. Like when when a guy's leg gets cut off, you actually see like the muscle and the bone inside, and you're like, oh, that's really gruesome. And then after like an hour, you're just like, yeah, whatever. Like <laughs> like I, I I I people could be like dying around me in real life and be like, whatever. Uh, rise. Did I did I read complete correctly that they took out the connect functionality in it? Uh there's so there's voice commands now. But do, uh, do you still point at like towers that you want your people to attack, or did they take that out? Uh well, in the demo that I played, I didn't see any of that. Uh, so it's just there. There was like a command prompt that being like, you know, yell at your squads to you know squads to tell them to like f- go into formation, and like the text bubble appears at the bottom that you have yelling to yelling at the television. It's the new command structure. Uh, it's like you're robbing someone in Grand Theft Auto. Hurry up! Hurry up! Go on! Give me. It. But but I didn't want to. I didn't want to do that because I thought that was stupid. So I just there's an option to just hold right bumper instead. So you just have to hold it for like ten <laughs> seconds, and then like the the meter will feel at the bottom, and then you you don't have to do the connect uh 
uh, voice command. I, I, I think um, I'm trying to think of other games. I, I feel like I've seen other games like acknowledge that where there's like a required voice prompt, but if you don't want to do it, you just hold right bumper to well, just skip it. Make, yeah, like roommate or, you know, if you live with someone else, late night gaming, kind of pro- like my wife sleeping and I'm like, hold formation! <laughs> I'm, I'm playing Rise, sorry. <laughs> So yeah, not, I I didn't really see much uh, connect stuff in in that, or really anything like out outside of um, Zoo Tycoon. Outside of Zoo Tycoon, uh, I didn't really see connect being used for video games. Which I think, have you seen? Sorry to derail. Have you seen? Have you guys seen their current TV spot, the Xbox One's TV spot, the one with Titanfall at the beginning, and it's super sexist. No, do you know no, what I'm talking I think about? I, it. I think no, I it is Titanfall at the beginning. Maybe I'm reaching, but it starts out and it's like you know. Titanfall and has a dude and he's at work and he's like oh, I'm gonna put them play Titanfall and it's like a dude you'd expect and then it's a girl uh, it's okay, like no, I, I wanna this. watch Star Trek <laughs> oh yes I've seen that <laughs> and one she's now. like she sits in front of the couch in like this huge living room and is like swipe play Star Trek into darkness and she's like this pretty proper girl and then it's like a dude like killing motherfucker and it's like a girl she's like this is fun <sighs> and like they, never the two meet we're like connect the way they pitch it, and aside from it being kind of sexist, is like, connect is this cat. She's like, I swipe to interact, and this is so easy, and I'm a girl, and I can do it. And then the hardcore gaming stuff, it's like a, another dude gets out of his car and fours, and it's like, let's race. And they're like, and they're on their controllers. And it's interesting. They, they don't, they haven't pitched connect for gaming, and maybe they won't. Maybe that's not the point of it. Maybe it is, you know, girlfriend mode or something like that. Like it's supposed to be ease into this ecosystem and not gaming. Well, so the interesting thing about the Xbox One dashboard, uh, so I did get to see uh, the media stuff and all that uh, running on Xbox One, and and the interesting thing is, uh, everyone was just using controllers to to go through it. The like you can, if you want to, hold out your hand and like hover over the icons, uh, like you did in uh, Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, uh, but no one no one was doing that. Everyone just had their controller, and the the really what Connect was being used for was just voice commands. Uh, and I do think the voice commands are are fast. I think they're, I, in fact, the entire operating system is really fast. So we can go into that a little bit more uh, after the break. But but it is interesting that Connect, for the most part, like in spite of it being included with every box, like outside of it being a glorified microphone, they haven't really <laughs> given a compelling reason as to like why every box needs the Connect. That, that's the crux of their biggest problem. Not only not only does their machine seem to be not seem not only does their machine come in as a lower performer, still still good performer, but a lower performer playing games. Not only is it more expensive, but the reason it's more expensive and and something that I guess you could think would be it's you know if if power if if raw power and performance you know if if the PS4 is the Dodge Viper in the in the fight what the hell does the Xbox One bring to the table? Well, if it's supposed to be the Lotus Elise, which is like, you know, more handling oriented, right? Well, the point would be like, oh, well, here's what you do with the Kinect. The Kinect's amazing. But they have nothing to show you. Uh, that's what I'm thinking it is, though. I think it's, it's so, you know, it's the Nintendo Wii approach of controllers are confusing and your grandma won't play it. And to, using your car analogy, it's original Tiptronic. It's you know the the, the well, that just hardcore things guy. Bad. The hardcore guy's using the paddle shifter and the girlfriend mode puts it in automatic and drives it. And so this is to get people buying into Xbox the ecosystem and using their content. But and there's so, nothing cool to do with it. But no, watch None. Netflix, do any of that stuff. So your my wife can just sit down and say Xbox on, 
Xbox, Netflix, Xbox. Your freaking Samsung television can do that. You don't need an Xbox One for $500 to do that. No, you don't. But Microsoft wants you to use an Xbox One to do that. Well, that's stupid. I agree. If it also plays Forza 5, and that's the thing, they get you in. We can can talk about, like, the the sort of situation that I saw, like, demoed to me. uh, Of? Of of playing a game and then, like, uh, and trying, and seeing how media can be incorporated into your typical game playing experience so like you're playing forza you hit so how do okay so tell me now how to go how'd okay go? we'll just do it now okay so so uh, you're playing forza and so the the demo is like yeah so here here's the xbox one uh you know like why not driving you, along driving around driving not on around. the nurburgring because it's can, not in forza 5 you can sad you can uh and then you know you can say xbox record uh xbox record that and It'll just do that. It, it'll 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 just record that, uh, and then you hit the guide button, uh, and you can just access any of your apps. And you, if you want to, you can pin them on the side. But like, what what's really impressive is how fast it is. So like, uh, so you hit the guide button, force is like suspended right there, and you want to jump into Internet Explorer. Like, yeah, just you can say like Xbox, you know, go to Internet Explorer, and it'll just launch. Uh, you can browse. You can you can say hey Xbox, pin that, and so it'll go off to the side. And then you can just resume your game from where it was, and you can actually have you can have the pinned app running simultaneously with uh with the game. So, which uh, is cool because finding going through menus to jump for, through apps can be annoying. Yeah, and that's how they're going to work the Skype integration, right? Like why, you just pin Skype to the second. side, and why would I want to do this while I'm playing a game? Why would I want to have these things pinned to the side? So you know, they're pulling up a walkthrough or something. They're trying like to yeah, take yeah, away your right. iPad. So you don't look down, you stay looking up. Which is ironic because they're how much they're hammering home second screen experiences now. Like, but th- that's th- that's the thing. So like you know, for the for example, the Machinima app, you're you're playing Dead Rising. You right. can you can just say like Xbox, you know, pin Machinima, and then the Machinima app will be on the side and it'll show you like, you know, oh if you're if you're like playing against a certain boss, it'll like show you a video of how to beat that boss so on the side if you want. So it has deep linking understanding it it has that understanding but like you know if it doesn't even have to have that so like you know if you can launch the nfl app for example right so you 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 pin the nfl app to, app to the side and it'll give you like real-time updates on the game that you might be interested in but like you still want to did you put- see the, did they have the nfl app yeah they did yeah so. so if i'm a sports fan am i interested i mean i think the thing about fantasy is that it's all tied to nfl.com's fantasy game which i don't have any leagues in nfl.com this year so that's you know. i mean unfortunately i'm not the guy to be asking about that so once we do get um xbox one into the office we can probably play around with that but uh you know that because i can i can only just tell you like on a high level I, you know that the app exists <laughs> yeah, yahoo really needs a fantasy app uh, just putting that out there uh and they and, have an app for phones and but for I, but for, 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 for I mean but, for the television. Yeah. But even so, so the thing is, like, let's say, yeah, let's say you're not interested in any of that, right? Yeah. Like, but the thing is, like, okay, you're playing Forza, uh, and you're just like, oh, you want to, your, you know, your significant other wants to watch Netflix, right? You, you know, jump into the Netflix app, watch, watch, you know, Thirty Rock, and then you can just jump back into Forza. Like, it's not. It's not going to close the game. That that's like the really that's the that's the cool thing for me. I think the fact that that games are always their own instance. So yes, you know, a lot of the OS is reserved for this other shit. But the thing is, you can do all that other shit without ever having to close your game. Right so, up, right up until it red rings. Uh, I mean, yes, that that could happen with any hardware. But <laughs> I just you totally it. canceled your Xbox One pre order. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, for me, like that's I'm in a dickish mood today, aren't I? <laughs> that, 
that's like that's one of my favorite things about Vita, for example, right? Or even like PSP Go had that functionality where you can do you can have your game, but if you'd want to do something else, you don't have to just suspend mode. Yeah, you you nice. don't have to. And and the thing is, it's really fast to switch between all those apps. Re- I I agree that so, it's a nice convenience to have so a suspend if, so feature. If, so if you want, it, it's not even like it's just how quickly they it does that. So you can just keep on saying, "Hey, Xbox, go to Internet Explorer. Xbox, go to Netflix. Xbox, go to YouTube. X-. You can you can just literally keep on spewing it out at that speed." So there was that video that they showed uh, right. a few weeks. That that's pretty much how it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you can, if you really, for some reason, have an obsessive need to switch between multiple apps all the time, you have that ability to do that. And and from what I saw, it didn't affect the core performance of Forza. And like that that's that's the cool thing. Like you can, if you want that ability to to run, you know, an app simultaneously with with the game that you're running, that's super cool. You know. Well. Maybe that's also the chance for them to get a little more performance on the machine, and and you know, if you wanted to also not have that functionality turned on and put some of the you know processing cores that have been devoted to running all that stuff back towards gaming. Anyway, just hypothesis. We'll take a little break. When we come back on the other side, Andrew has Xbox stuff to wrap up. We got Christian's uh, Batman, and well, we only got one more segment to go, so we got to hurry. So we'll be right back. <laughs> good track from uh last year jody wisternoff's 95 of course i'll have the uh, link of course in the show notes as always we'll waste no time though getting right back to the uh, groove here that we were in so yeah i think uh maybe i'll just answer a few questions from twitter about we, about xbox one well, uh, zoo tycoon was really your favorite game but what was your second favorite game uh probably forza yeah Really? Yeah. Where does where does Dead Rising fit in this? I thought you were hyped for it. Yeah. No, I mean that's just how much more hype I have for. <laughs> for I'm Forza. stunned that you just put Forza above Dead Rising. Yeah. No, I, I I really had so much. The thing about so the thing about Dead Rising is that it's more Dead Rising, and 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 for me that's like cool, and I'm fine with that. Uh, it's not everyone's cup of tea, uh, but you know it, it you you sort of you know what to expect. I think I think for a lot of people actually that's a that's a breath of fresh like that's is it though like is it pictures and time limits i mean it's kind of not right? actually no you or can't is... you can put time limits back into the game if you want to so interesting yeah uh, that's uh, unexpected so 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 because because i thought that was one of the, i mean two two was very different obviously new developer yeah, take it to the west i think i think the way i described it to you garnet in the office was i think dead rising 3 is the pikmin 3 of the of the franchise so dead rising 1 was like super hardcore so it was pikmin 1 uh, the sequel made like concessions to make it more user friendly, and maybe they went a bit too far. Uh, so what the third game does is that it gives you these options to to tweak the experience the way that you want to play it. So if you want, you can enable nightmare mode, which has a time limit and gives you all that like that sort of like awkward you know game design that the first game had, which a lot of people loved. Uh, but for me, like the the core element of the franchise is more about the like silly weapon combinations and murdering lots of zombies and that's fully in, fully intact and and I, I thought 
I was afraid that at E3 the the series had lost its humor. Uh, but no, you can. I mean, just watching a cutscene where you're wearing like a ridiculous outfit and just like seeing it, like seeing them go through this like really serious story, and like he's wearing like a maid's outfit. <laughs> with stockings and like rain boots like that's dead rising yeah that right that right there is and dead it, rising. If, if anything the the like serious tone of the story actually it, like it actually meshes with that that ridiculous outfit and actually makes it even funnier like that it's i so for me like dead rising is very much more dead rising and yes you know we can talk about the subtle nuances and the differences but for me it's like that's a solid game but it's it's also not a system seller for me you know um I think D I think uh D four looks amazing, but that's not a launch game, so yeah, that that's sort of a moot. Uh but but yeah, in terms of in terms of the launch library, I think uh I mean I'm, I'm I, I I know people are gonna like give me shit for this, but I really do think Zoo Tycoon is like really cool and it's something that you won't find on PlayStation, right? Like because it uses Connect. And even, it's something that at least takes advantage of the hardware. Yeah, yeah. Once again it uses Connect, uh but in a not intrusive way. It's a very optional way. Uh, and it's, I think for me, it's just the kind of game that I want to play. Uh, and the thing is a lot of, and both consoles have the multi-platform games, right? And yes, you guys can debate about which console has the better performing multi-platform games. I think it's pretty obvious at this point, which platform does, uh, for me personally, like, uh, did I notice that big of a difference? Uh, I mean, not me personally, but, uh, I should throw out there that like in the last generation I played most of my games on PlayStation 3 and and it's pretty well understood that PS3 for the most part underperformed versus 360 on multi-platform games uh but for me like did I really notice like outside of Bethesda games <laughs> not, not really right like for me like I'm not I'm not I am not that guy that's like super discerning about that uh that doesn't discredit other people that really do care about you know the difference in vis- visual fidelity but the truth truth of the matter is for me like you know what I saw on Xbox One in terms of multi-platform stuff was fine. You know, it's not it's not like you were playing the the Wii U version of a game. You know, that's an so, interesting way of looking at it. So, it was still good. It wasn't wasn't as bad as the Wii U version. <laughs> not as bad as the Wii. That's that's the new. That should be the Xbox One's marketing message. <laughs> not as bad as the Wii U version. Okay, so there. I want uh, some questions. So yeah, uh, let's let's go let's go through this list. Uh, so uh, someone want, uh, asked about the apps that are that, that are going to be available at launch. So on Xbox, the apps that will be available, Amazon, Crackle, CW, ESPN, Fox, FX, Hulu Plus, Machinima, Muzu, Netflix, Redbox, Target, TED, NFL, Twitch, Univision, Verizon Fios, and Vudu. Is that? It's, it's, it's apparently some sort of eel. It's like an eel television, Univision. <laughs> Univision. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. the Spanish language thing, yeah, right? You, yeah. It sounded very like Japanese. I, I know, that's why it's, it's like, like oh, eel. Univision. Awesome. Oh. Awesome. I, I I would love a, a channel dedicated to, to just uni? looking at Uni. Yeah. I'd I'd be I'd be game with that. Um does, that's sea urchin, right? Sorry, never mind. Yeah. Does Connect work as good as it did uh it the reveal? Um I mean, once again, I think uh there just isn't that much connect. So the the interesting thing is, uh, I still think that talking to a console feels really weird. And, and the thing is, it was interesting seeing the Microsoft people use Connect for the demo uh, because they're they, they don't talk naturally to it either, right? Like you you still have that yelling at a machine complex. And and someone gave brought up a really great example. Like if, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the IT crowd, 
but in the very first episode, like, uh, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, your computer has voice recognition. And, and just that guy, he just goes crazy. Like, the way you talk to machines, it's never natural, right? <laughs> it's like, so you Computer. 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 <laughs> yeah. So it's a, so you sort of have that feeling with Xbox One voice rec, uh, voice commands. For the most part, it worked. It worked, but there were moments where where Connect didn't recognize it. And and I'm going to give them the but benefit. But it's not brain age where you're like blue. Yeah, blue, <laughs> blue. Yeah, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt in that demo. Like these kind of situations aren't really representative of of real life use because when you're talking to Microsoft people while doing an Xbox demo, you say the word Xbox a lot. <laughs> and when yeah. and when that's the trigger for voice commands, like, so often, like, the micro- microphone picked that up when we're, like, talking about, like, yeah, aren't there, you know, so what are some of the great exclusive games that are coming out on Xbox One? And then Xbox, like, what? Huh? Huh? <laughs> what, what, what do you want me to do? And, like, it just freaked out. <laughs> so, so... Is it too early to say whether the Connect on Xbox One is a step up from the 360 one? Oh yeah, no, definitely. So I think the uh, uh, one thing that I didn't talk about uh, because it it's one of those things that's really cool, but you don't realize how cool it is until you think about it is uh, the biometric sign in. So when you just like when you the system's on, it just instantly recognizes you and signs you in. Like there's no there's no procedure. It, it just and and it, because it knows who's holding a controller at the time. So if I pass the controller to you it'll instantly switch over to your version of the dashboard. Nice. Uh, and because it's, uh, you know, de- cloud connected or whatever, so even if it's not your console, it will it can still download your profile data and retrieve all your pins and, and, and your game library. So that's like, that's really cool, you know, talking about the power of the cloud, quote unquote. But yeah, that's like a really cool way that Connect sort of enhances the experience without being a, like intrusive in any way. Uh, and, and... I asked him, like, is there a calibration thing? Like, is there a setup thing? It's like, no, you know, it, the Connect should just, like, recognize you. But if it does, like, mess up, there is, like, you can press, like, Y, and it'll be like, like, oh, sorry, I didn't recognize you. Like, it, it's actually a very apologetic uh, message that they put up there, and it'll try to learn you better. Oh, hi. Let me find that for you. Sorry, this has never happened before, really. And and so one of the cool things is, you know, you can sort of differentiate dashboards by setting different colors for for your profile. I, I sort of wish that the Xbox One controller had this light bar that the PlayStation 4 does because then, then like when you're holding the controller and if it turns purple because your dashboard is purple, that'd be like another layer of feedback. But but yeah, it was, like, it, it was really cool just being able to see like them pass the controller around and the system instantly recognizes like, oh, now, you know, Ozzy's playing. Um, and, you know, if you, if you don't pass around the controller, if there's multiple people with controllers, you, you can just use your voice being like, Xbox, show my stuff, uh, and it'll just switch over to that dashboard. So I, I do think the new Connect enhances the dashboard experience a lot. But you know, once it, again, it's too early to say whether it's going to affect games. Cause but that's the thing; like, like uh, people are people are looking for that killer gaming app, and that's not there yet. But you know, Xbox Fitness is really compelling, and there's going to be like interesting Connect stuff. But for the most part, yeah, Connect is really just. Or voice commands. Yeah, and... games like D4 and Fantasia aren't coming to like down the line 2014. And the thing about D4 is that I feel like D4 design wise could still be done on a current gen Connect. You know, um, how loud is the fan inside? How much heat does it put out? It's it was super quiet during the entire day, but there's like a, there were like a hundred Xbox Ones there, and it's a loud it's a loud venue. Once again, not the best place to. Yeah, hard to really know to, that until to, you're sitting there at like one o'clock in the morning playing and. 
Uh, this is a really good question. Last time you said if you could only get one, it was Xbox Y. So for me, uh, the reason why I would choose Xbox over PlayStation 4 at this point is that I'm more interested in the games. Uh, ultimately, like I don't find Knack that interesting. I don't find Killzone that interesting. So for, in terms of exclusives, like for me, yeah, I find Zoo Tycoon much more interesting than I, you know, think Knack is. Uh, Rise might be awful, but <laughs> but but like every launch console is gonna have that, and I, and 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 I do find a lot of value in their HDMI in uh, approach. So you really, know, uh, okay. I I I think uh, like if you have H, so you have your cable box uh, going through your Xbox One, yeah, yeah. and you have that HDMI, in, so you can watch TV, uh, and it'll and the cool thing is, you know, if you you can still get Xbox Live notifications while you're watching TV, right? So, right, I mean that is a really cool idea. So now if you're sitting at home and you're watching, you know, uh Castle or whatever and your friends get on to play Titanfall and you know, you've been waiting but you didn't want to wait and do something else, they can be like, "Hey, ready to party up and they send you a party invite. You're going to get it while you're sitting there on the screen." And that is I yeah, that I, is cool. You know, for people so for me it's no argument. I don't subscribe to cable and I actually don't have like TV service in my home. So for me personally, that isn't much of much value, but I can see that being really valuable to other people. Uh, I, I do want to test it by like plugging another console into the HDMI in and see if that actually works. Cause I, I, I would love for me to be able to use my PlayStation four, like while Xbox one is on. And then if I do get an Xbox one notification, be oh, able to crazy. Jump. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, like I, you're I, playing PS4 and you get an invite to a game on, in, on your Xbox. Like I would love for that to work. I'm not exactly sure if it will, because there, there's going to be some inherent like lag or latency. It's not gonna that's work. introduced by <laughs> someone's going to make sure it doesn't work. <laughs> uh, you know, or like I would love to uh, use Wii U to like, you know, connect to Xbox one just cause, uh, for the most part, I like I don't have enough HDMI inputs on my TV, so like I really I really need and I need this extra HDMI in. So <laughs> so, so I'm going to use it. I just have to figure out why which did con- you decide the Xbox One. Well, uh, I was going to get an HDMI hub, and I figured oh, I'll get an Xbox One. <laughs> yeah, well, one console is an HDMI hub, the other isn't. Um, and the Xbox, uh, t- uh, I forget what they call it, One Guide, I think. Uh, that's it's essentially their like TV. TV guide. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Nintendo TV, TVII. I've tried using it, and it's actually, actually it's pretty good, especially like on a NFL Sunday. It's not bad. So the cool thing about TV uh, on on Wii U is that uh, it combines TV listings, so you can have your TV guide functionality, but it also combines it with uh, the video services that are already available on the platform. So you know, it's like, oh, when is Bridesmaids going to be on TV? You can, uh, it'll be on. Uh, TBS at 8 p.m., but it's also on Hulu Plus. Like you can combine. So one guide essentially takes that and goes a step further, right? So you because you have you can configure it to work with your cable box and be like, oh well, you you have a uh, you know bridesmaids is going to be on TBS at eight. Uh, it's on it's on Amazon right now. Do you want to watch it? And so just having that like. And because you're just operating from one box, that's like really cool. I think the IR blaster is also really cool thing that people are subtly going to take advantage of. So the IR blaster lets you just use voice commands to control your TV as well. So like mm-hmm. you can be like Xbox mute and yeah. the, the the IR blaster will just shoot IR like through the back and it'll it's just a universal remote control for your TV. So you just input like I have a Samsung TV and it'll just 
sort of those the codes yeah it learns yeah. the codes yeah yeah uh, so I th- you know that once again like that's a really cool use of your voice and like it, it I mean it's cheesy that I understand why they call it the all-in-one entertainment system right like that like they, they want you to have your Xbox on all the time regardless of what else you have connected to your TV because you can input it right so if you have cable TV and you're like you want to watch HBO like the IR blaster you can be like Hey, you know Xbox, watch CBS, and it it'll IR blast to CBS, and then you'll be like uh, Xbox, you know, you know, show me when Star Trek is playing, and then like you can be like, oh, but it's on the Xbox Marketplace, so I'll just buy it off of that. So and and then like you can do all of that and still have a game running in the background because once again, like games are in their own instance, they're in their own memory. So like that, you can do all of this, you can do everything that the Xbox One does without ever interrupting your game. and that, I'm that, going to say it right now. Andrew's pitch over the last five minutes <laughs> has been superior to any Microsoft marketing over the last six months. Any Microsoft marketing. The way he just described it and the way he laid it out was superior to anything they've done. And that's the pit, That's why Connect is in every box. And that's why Connect is in every box. Not because they have a killer app in terms of games, but so that you can do that. And is that worth $100 more? Maybe not. Uh, I it mean, depends on what you're into, but I mean, obviously, it has an appeal to you, and they've made and and although and although you've had to sift through it and see the thing five or six times and sit down and play with it, you finally figured it out, and it just shows you how, you know. Well, and and, and the frustrating maybe thing they're is, afraid to make that the pitch because it is not a games pitch. Well, so that's so that's the thing. After their reveal, everyone was like, "Oh my god, they didn't talk about games. They didn't show games." Yeah, but that doesn't mean that we weren't like we didn't want to know more about like show the games and what your original vision yeah. was. And, and, and they, well, they were very quick to abandon vision. Remember they yeah. had their vision about digital, digital future. And though they had screwed up the way they were going to approach DRM, I mean, they yeah. just threw the whole damn thing out. They're just like, ah, oh, fuck it. And, well, I mean, I, I, I do think their approach to DRM was a bad idea, yeah. but well, we all did. But I mean that, that would still, you know, that doesn't mean that the, that the, that the that somewhere in there there wasn't a kernel of something but, that could have worked. So I mean, you and I talked about this in the office for the past few months. Microsoft, their entire message is like, yeah, we can we can sort of do everything PS4 does. Like even the resolution gate thing, right? They're like, well, you know, X, Xbox One is more powerful in different ways. Like, no, no, no. It's pretty obvious at this point <laughs> that Xbox One is not more powerful. What you should be focusing on is not trying to match everything PlayStation 4 can do, but be like. Well, you know what? They might have they might have 1080p, but we have this. You know, we have Titanfall. We have the all-in-one entertainment stuff. We have the apps. We have we have the fast task switching. We have you know Xbox Live. There's there's a lot of stuff that Xbox One does have that PlayStation Four doesn't have. But Microsoft's been so focused on being like, no, we can do everything PlayStation can. And if they go head to head against PlayStation, they they lose. Like <laughs> they lose in in that tech battle. Just go the Nintendo route and emphasize what you have, and don't try and compete. Yeah, with yeah, it's else. not. Yeah, it's not like Satoru Iwata is going to be like, well, actually, you know, Wii U. They tried more, though. More that powerful. Was, that was the Wii U launch. It's Wii for you. HD game. And, you need to move away from that. And I think Microsoft might with their, their their long form, long range advertising. But right now they're still reacting to no like the hardcore gamer yeah. trying to win them back. So I mean I, I do think the games are more compelling. I do think that the potential of Connect and I really like the operating system a lot. Uh and I say that as a person that doesn't subscribe to cable TV. So a lot of the value is inherently lost to me, but I, I can see that being a 
tremendous value to a lot of other people. So, so, oh. so between PS4 and Xbox One, if I had to choose one, yeah, for now, the library and that really compels me to Xbox One. Does that mean PS4 is a, a bad idea? Of course not. I think PS4... <laughs> Is a great value. He's doing it again. He's doing it too. I'm just trying to I make sure I just, that that the people that are listening to this aren't like. I don't want to see the Neo Gaff headline being like PS3 fanboy, like lead writer. You know, chooses Xbox One over PS4, which I guess you got it, guys. You got that sound. Damn clip. it! Go 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 go! <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Damn it! I walked into that. Make one. a new YMMV. I want to hear it. I want to see it over and over and over and over. Got my new ringtone. Yeah, awesome. Way to go, Andre. <laughs> Hey, uh, before we uh, before we exit this, we have to talk some about some Batman on Vita. So yes, I want to hear about it because you're excited for it. Batman: Arkham Origins Blackgate on the Sony PlayStation Vita. Uh, broad strokes, it's Metroidvania, 2D side scroller, 2.5D side scroller Batman game set after Arkham Origins. You don't really spoil the story if you want if you play it first. And you look at that, and if you think that's a great idea for a Batman game, like a Metroidvania-style Batman game set in a 2D world, you are right. If you think this is that game, you are wrong. (laughs) It's a great idea, a great concept, and they just it's not fully executed, unfortunately. And it has great pedigree. I'm enjoying it. Um, Would I finish it if it weren't Batman, if I wasn't a Batman fan? No. So it's made by Armature, who are a bunch of— How big of a Batman fan are you? I'm a really big Batman. Okay, fan. so that's so it's a that's actually so if you're listening, you're thinking how big of a draw is it? Like that's a big draw for you. Yes, no, totally, totally. If you are not a Batman fan, don't play this game. It's it's not Wait, so, enough of a good enough game so to do that. It's not Shadow Complex Batman like I was hoping it would be. No, it is not. Oh, that's unfortunate. It, it wants to be, and it has it does the what I played at E3 that got me really jazzed for it is just the first um, tutorial almost like the prologue to the game, and you chase down Catwoman, and you have you're going through this 2D plane and you're still using your tools and you get to go into detective mode and you the combat is a 2D version of the free flow combat from the console games and you see just enough of it in that prologue that it's awesome. Like this is going to be fun and exciting. And then you get into the game and because it's 2.5D, the map system is is just horrible. Like you look at your map and it's not clear where you need to go. Because oh, you can't fuck up the map in a Metroidvania then they they did they oh. did like you can spend time with it and figure it out but if somewhere you need to go is a level above you or inside in the same room it's not clear and the, you know you're supposed to just go into detective mode and do stuff and there the for being in Blackgate prison i guess apparently it's still emptying out into the streets of 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 Gotham because it's pretty desolate there aren't a lot of enemy encounters i think there are only like three different types of enemies that you fight throughout the course of the game and so it's just, it's frustrating because I still think that original pitch and from a studio that's made up of uh, retro and, and Metroid Prime veterans like has this appeal. And I think it could have been great. And maybe hopefully there's a sequel and they work on it. I would rather have them just made Metroid Fusion with Batman. Like don't do this 2.5D. Don't have me going in and out and and trying to even replicate the free flow combat. I think what they do is okay but it didn't need to be that or go the other way. And I think a fun Batman game could be, if you remember Tony Hawk on the uh, Game Boy Advanced, I think that was a great game and it was isometric view. And it was so different from the other versions of Tony Hawk. But but it had the feel. And I feel like if that's what they were going for in this game with the free flow combat, I think something like that would have been a better approach. I wouldn't be surprised if Blackgate started as a different game and then Warner Brothers was like, why don't you just skin that with Batman and just like, 
It'd be a pretty heavy skin. I mean, possibly. But and I, mean, I feel like I feel like that's why like a lot of those things sort of feel disparate as well like there's like like the combat doesn't really feel like it's well the was originally thing that's part of that game. odd to me is the the sort of sense of emptiness you're conveying right you know, that's yeah. that's weird it's really weird and it it, it is it that, I, mean, that, I mean that makes you wonder like did was it unfinished did they have a higher scope and just we're told you know just we're just like we got to finish it and get it out to go along with batman or I a mean, limitation of like it's also on the 3ds and it's the same game so i don't know if that's part of it or maybe they realized it, the combat just got uninteresting hmm. if you kept doing it over and over again because you're on a 2D plane. So it's not it's not the same. It feels really good the first time you do it. Like, they did it. But then you realize it's it's not free flow. You know, it's not the same as the console games. And it's unfortunate. But the things that are in there are fun. It's motion comp. Like, things that I do like in the game are it has Batman atmosphere. It's, it's done well. The character models look cool. The The world that is there is is neat. Mm-hmm. When you're fighting characters, it's motion comic animated oh, um, cool. for cutscenes. Every time you get back to the pitch part, it's like, oh, this could be really cool. Exactly, and, it, and so so unfortunate, and it falls flat. But if you are a Batman fan and you and carry your Vita with you, or you're on the road a lot and you're looking for something to do, then I recommend it. If you are not a Batman fan, um, it don't don't pick it up. There's better things out there. If you haven't played Killzone, go play Killzone. And if you haven't played Guacamelee yet, I just finally finished it. That is an outstanding game. Pick it up on Vita if you if you are a handheld player. Pile of shame. It's still on my pile of shame. And but. you're you're all up on Origins for for home version. Well, actually, you're playing PC, aren't you? I'm playing PC because we're in that console switch, and I really wanted to wait for the inevitable game of the year next gen version that'll come out. But I was able to pick up pick it up on PC for thirty two dollars through Green Green Man Gaming. So I was like, I'll I'll do that, and I'm running it at max settings, and it has glitches. If you want to know more in depth about what I think about Origins, listen to Kanata talk about it on here. It was either last week or so, or on Newest Latest Best. I share all of his same thoughts, except for I like it. It's really funny. <laughs> like, it is really I'm funny. Okay. We were talking I about got, it on the show, and you I basically got, have the same opinion, but have it's, it strikes you so much differently. Because I, it's, it's what I wanted. It's more of the same, and that's exactly what I was hoping the game would be. So, but if you want more in depth, listen to Kanata. When, when you hear that there's a new developer on something like Origins, what you want is just don't fuck it up. Just give you, just give you more of the same thing. Just basically keep it, keep it what it is. Keep so, it how many, it how many in. more games do you have to make of the exact same thing before you get tired of it? Oh, this will be. This is probably the last one. Like, I want, I'll, I'll, I'll want to see something new. Yeah, because if it's Rocksteady, you're going to want to see some a, a step forward. You're going to want to see the series. Well, progress. I mean, it's not alone either. I mean, it, I think that you know, Batman and and Assassin's Creed both having these games this fall. They're they're both sort of like at that tipping point of how many more times or let it rest. I think Arrow on the CW is a fantastic show. I think Rocksteady could make a fantastic Green Arrow, Arrow an Arrow game, Green Arrow game. Mm. Like make me want Batman again. Like make me wait a few years. Play yeah, you, play hard to get, but you, I was ready for this. One. You know the rumor though, right? With with Arkham, was it gold, the Golden Age one still, or maybe I don't? No, just, just no, 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 just uh, yeah, that it's. Warner Bros. is annualizing it. The so Rock Studies next next year, yeah. and the Montreal again for the year after and that. And that's and fine because then I'll be playing uh, Titanfall and Destiny. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm okay moving on. <laughs> but this game's fun. If you like Batman, check it out. I, they have apparently patched it. I haven't tested it yet, but it had it had some pretty bad bugs of like falling through elevator. Well, yeah, I mean they had to even issue like a hey, we promise yeah. we're patching it, which is kind of like didn't you just release it? Did you QA this? What's going on here? Yeah, no, they did. They queued it. 
no regression here's all the bugs we're not going to fix them here. here's the bug list bye-bye see you later yeah and we're out <laughs> all right and speaking of see you later that's it folks we're at the end of the shows that means it is time to get in finishing moves before we wrap up and head to the tailgate it's the weekend and it's time for finishing moves yeah, I promised I'd talk about Final Fantasy thirteen too. We'll save it for next week. Kanad will be here. I mean, of course, we have nothing to talk about next week, so it's good to have things to talk yeah, about. Yeah, no, nothing's happening next Friday. Nothing, nothing big going down. I, I love, but I'll tell you this, I love being back in Final Fantasy. I, was, I actually tweeted that there's something, you know, there's that, uh, there's that expression about things being life-affirming. To me, there's something video game love-affirming about just, like, sitting down and falling into Final Fantasy for a few hours. And it, it was it worked a little bit with thirteen. And yeah, I guess some of the difficulties and maybe even the negativity ahead of it sort of undermined that some. But with thirteen two, I've got it. I mean, I'm totally feeling. It. I'm 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 like eight hours into the game already. Super drawn into it. I really like the 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 way that it lets you come back to different parts of the world at different times with the time travel play is fun. It's a really cool idea. I mean, time travel is always fun. And, and you know what? We're better to have hokey, goofy ass things like time travel paradigms than a final fantasy world which is already full of hokey goofy ass sci-fi things i and mean the, it's sort and, of a perfect fit and the thing is you won't be caught off guard by the ending because oh yeah 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 so and, 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 and yeah from everyone else i already know by the way in case i get you excited about it this week or next week it it ends the whole game is sort of building towards what you think is going to be the ending and then it gets there and it says oh sorry you don't get to do that we were just building you up to that bye by Final Fantasy thirteen three. <laughs> yeah, and I guess the original idea was that it was going to be you know solved through a bunch of DLC, and then eventually now it's going to be you know the, well actually Lightning Story. Though I'm not even sure it completely solves thirteen two because it takes place in another line as well or another time period as well. But how how much longer can they drag that story out? No, I mean they're, well, they're it's not dragging to finish it out. the trilogy. It's, it's actually really, and I mean we'll talk about this some more next week. I I like time travel foo. And the time travel foo in this is is kind of fun because it's inherently tied as it often is into the game mechanic, which is that you are being drawn to each of these places to solve paradigms. The only or, or paradoxes, but the only problem is the way you solve a paradox doesn't actually involve fixing something; it just involves beating a big damn monster, <laughs> which is kind of you know it's kind of like oh yeah, this is really great. Idea. Oh, it's back to Japanese role playing game. There's a big ass monster, but you know. It, I really like it. And then, you know, it's good to get back to that. But there's this cool, we'll talk about all this next week. There's this cool uh, element where instead of controlling three characters, you have two characters, but then you, you capture monsters that you play against and you raise the monsters. So there's a little bit of a monster raising thing inside of there. And there's a whole system that like builds off the crystarium with that. But it's really fun. It's really, really fun. I'm super happy to be playing it. That's my finishing move. <laughs> I'll come back to it next week. Maybe you if you built guys up to a big ending, and then we—I know. <laughs> Wait, I know. I can't. It's a finishing move, so I'm not going to go into great depth about it. And if you got, I guess it's a good place to say if you've ever thought about the game or if you played it, I'd love to see your comments and questions in this week's show thread, and then I can sort of use that as a way to talk about it because it is like a Kanata Four game. It's been out for a couple of years. It's out there for you to play. So you know, it's probably cheap. I bet you can get it for about twenty bucks, probably on Amazon and other retailers. So you know, let me know what you want to talk about, and we'll bring it back next week. I'll dive in. Dive right in. Uh, these are ways you can see more of me, or if you don't like me, places to avoid me. Uh, it's a bit busy month for me. One, November 14th is my birthday. Oh, that's Happy awesome. birthday. Thanks. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thanks, guys. And my, it happens to be during my monthly show at UCB Improv vs. Stand Up. And since it's my birthday and it's a show I co-created, I booked myself. Smart. It's going to be a fun show. 
Uh, Dominic Durkis, who you might know from Workaholics or Weeds or Derek Comedy before that with uh, DC Pearson and Donald Glover. He's also yeah, improv versus stand-up veteran, I believe. He's he right. is. And so it's going to be him and I doing stand-up and then improv will be a team of six to eight UCB teachers. That's oh, wow. November 14th at UCB. Before that, November 12th, if you're listening to this very soon, is my show that I started at, at Nerdist called What's New. And it's also a podcast on Nerdist Industries. You can find it. It's monthly. The first episode is out. It's uh, What's New with Christian Spicer. It's three comics working on new material, and then we talk about it, what worked, what didn't. So it's kind of inside baseball for stand-up comedy. It's fun. The next show is November 12th. It's always the second Tuesday of the month, and it's 100% free. It's at Nerd Melt here in Los Angeles. If you're in town, come to that. San Francisco, coming to see you November 20th. I'm featuring for my friend Dean Del Rey. And uh, with Brian Redband, who you might know if you're a podcast listener, he's the father of the Death Squad Network with Joe Rogan and all that stuff. It's going to be great. November 20th at Punchline in San Francisco. And if you want to hear more of my wonderful voice, Uninformed Opinions with Stuart Nacht. And if you want to see my pretty face, Jeff Kanata and I did a video with Del Rio. That is the video for the end song of this podcast. If you're like, that's a great song. I, want, I wish there was a video for it. And I wish I saw Jeff Kanata eat a chicken wing in slow motion. Uh, fantasy fulfilled. There All you go. All of those things happen. Bam. You can find that on Del Rio's uh, YouTube page. Awesome. Oh, I can't really follow that, but I'm going to try. Uh, so one of my favorite games of the past generation has been Team Fortress 2 on PC. And right now, you've got maybe a couple of days left. I think you have until the end of Saturday to get into the Halloween maps because that's always the best time of the year to play Team Fortress. I think this year they added, uh, they reskinned uh, Hightower, the payload race. They throw in like uh, elements like the Witching Hour where a bunch of skeletons just rise up out of the ground. And then it's just a giant race to hell. So it's it's a lot of fun. And I believe sh- uh, uh, sh- uh, the Shack community even set up a, uh, a a server last weekend. And I only played it for about 10 minutes because it was dinner time for me. But I really want to get into that again. If you guys are listening, please set up a server because I'd love to get in on that one last time. Andrew, you get to bring it home. Uh, so I'm just going to talk about myself because I'm pretty awesome. Uh no. Are you making fun of me? No. That's exactly what I did. That's exactly what and I was thinking how awesome no, I was when I said making fun of you. Uh, well, no, because we didn't actually talk about this last week. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, some of the recent cosplays that I've done uh, because Halloween was around. So well, his Halloween it, costume was excellent, actually. Well, the, one, the one that you did to work. Okay, yeah. So the one I did to work was... Um, I'd, I'd be so I was so happy when people would recognize me because I didn't expect that at all. But uh, it was the uh, the main character from Final Fantasy Type Zero, which never came out in America. <laughs> so if if anyone recognized that, I'm like, holy shit! Uh, that that is that is dedication. Uh, and I can go into the story of uh, of why that game isn't out in America. Where can we find pictures? Uh, nowhere. But I might. I well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I I I might I might finally do the thing and actually like reveal to the internet what I look like so and actually put it on Twitter one of these days. So so that was my uh that was my Halloween costume. The day before it was um I did um Robin from Batman and Robin and then uh the day after this was super fun. It was at a Electric Run, which is a really cool 5K event uh where they it's it's like a rave plus 5K run because yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Sure. Uh, so everyone has like glow sticks and whatnot, but we decided to do a, a team costume where it was Mario Kart. So, oh, that's cool! That's awesome. Uh, so my my friends they built actual carts to like wear around them uh, th- that had lighting on them too. 
Uh, one guy was Mario. One guy was uh, okay. That's elaborate. Uh, that, that's that's definitely taking it seriously. Yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. And and I was Lakitu, so uh, I actually uh, so I was trying to build this cloud that I could wear. Uh, and there were a lot of experiments, but what 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 I ended up doing uh, was buying a Christmas wreath. Uh, and like, because I, I was like, oh, that fits around my waist, really. So yeah, this is me at like a Home Depot putting on like various Christmas wreaths around my waist and just being like, what? What? You got a problem with it? Welcome to Home Depot. What can I help you with? Uh, I need a wreath to put around my waist. <laughs> uh, okay, we got no, we got to call somebody. <laughs> just don't don't go anywhere. Stay right here. Stay yeah, right. and then uh, embedded uh, Christmas lights uh, around it, and then put. A lot of cotton fluff around it. And I was I was so proud that I did like a reasonable effort at Prince of Persia this year for my costume, and then like, Andrew blows in like, I did three, yeah, but, you know, no big deal. So you know, uh, but yeah, obviously, you know, a lot of people that listen know that I'm into cosplay, so I might throw those pictures up. If you actually went to Electric Run and you took a photo of us, I would like them because we were too busy wearing our costumes to actually take photos. So I would like to know how we looked. Uh, so <laughs> so right, please folks. tweet at me. Yeah. Awesome show this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Next week is the big PlayStation 4 launch week. We have Jeff Kanata back here. We will have Andrew here. I'm sure you'll be here. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll be here. Andrea Renee is going to be with joining us for the uh, launch week. So I'm sure they'll be here to tell us all about how much they love Xbox One. Ha, ha, ha. The bad thing is we record on Thursday, so we won't have had much time with PS4s, if any, by then. But it will be we sharing will, your excitement and enthusiasm. We will have a lot to talk about in terms of PlayStation 4 for next week's show. There you go. I'll just say that. <laughs> promises, promises, promises. All right. Thanks very much to the Atlantis Group Studio. Micah there in the booth along with Del Rio. We got the tailgate coming up afterwards. But if you're not sticking around, that's it. It's your weekend confirmed. And we are Ghost. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash weekendconfirmed. All right, big thanks to the Press Row podcast brought to you on operationsports.com, who are, as usual, your sponsors on the tailgate, which we got right now, ladies and gentlemen, week 10. How do you like that? Week 10. Uh, last week, had another push. Unbelievable. I don't, we've been doing this for now, uh, going on four years, and all of a sudden we got the pushes this year. But that's fine. No big deal. I, uh, I, I was a 1-1-1. One, one, and one. There were a couple of 3-2-0-1s uh, in there as well. But I'm still in there at the top. Ozzy has caught up to Gene. me. 
Yeah, I believe I believe we're both tied for the top. Thank you very much. Yeah, ever like, since you guys, so I said, said you I caught cheating. up to me. I said you caught up to me. Sixteen nine and two for us at the top. Rich right behind at fifteen nine and three, but he's leaving the door open for me today. You'll hear that in just a minute. So wait, Ozzy, you'd be in first place if you didn't pick against your Chargers. Yeah, yeah, thank you for exactly. Or if you want to look at last week, if I had picked against my Chargers, <laughs> yeah, God, they should be go. ashamed of themselves for that loss. <laughs> Good news is we haven't been again this week. You know, I, I see that. You know I couldn't I resist. I could not resist for you. We had some good games picked this week. Anyway, rounding out, Kanata is in there at 14, 11, and 2. Del Rio, you're at 14, 12, and 1. Andrea and the Atlantis group both uh, having a tough season at 10, 15, and 2. So, and Spicer, you got the guess roll. Not complete pick, but 9, 10, and 2. Well, you can, you can still pick this week. Yay. Yay. So... We're bringing it strong right off the bat. Huge matchup, and it's a pick 'em. The Detroit Lions visit the Chicago Bears, and we have learned that Jay Cutler is cleared to play. So Cutler will be in there. At least he'll be in there until he feels a little, you know, if he feels a little tweak. Until he gets killed by Andomic and Sue. He'll hey. be in for at least a quarter. Or, you know, it does a little run. I mean, I'm surprised coming back from a groin injury that fast is nothing short of amazing. Against that defense. And that's... as well as McCown did last week. This is sort of nuts, but Cutler's back in there. Their offense looks great, but this is not a Bears defense like we've seen before. I I don't have faith in these Bears anymore. Even at home, I think that I think Detroit is too much for them. I think Detroit's too much for them on offense and on defense, strong enough to take care of business. Although they they have shown some potency in their two wideouts. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm taking the Lions. I'm taking the Lions. I'm taking the Lions. Jock Bell, Joyke Bell doing a good job uh, keeping them balanced. Stafford having a big day. Lions win. Our mutual friend Blake right now is cursing you if they lost this game because it's because you picked them. <sighs> the, the curse will continue. You can't. Uh, the Bears at home. Even the Bears at home. It's, it's getting right. colder. It's the Bears it at is. home. It is. It is. All right. What do you think there, Ozzy? Which way are you going? Uh, we've seen the Lions win late. I think we actually yeah. saw them last time that they played. And uh, Calvin Johnson's just too much of a beast. Chicago's defense is a little bit overrated. So Overrated? Going... They don't have any reputation this yeah. year. The Chicago defense is not a reputation. Yeah, they're, they're coasting on reputation at this point. So I'm going Lions. Damn it. Oh, come on. I'm going Lions. Lions as well. Okay, then, so uh, we got Andrea. Lions are popular. Well, we got we to gotta get Micah in here. Oh. Micah is going with the Ditkas, even though Ditka has not been the coach of the Bears. But it's funny. It's like everyone's still associated. Sorry. Right, so he's got the Bears. Andrea's. You can do Andrea's picks. Oh, she's going uh, Bears. She's going with the Bears. And you know what? We need to. Hit, we should get a hold of Kanata before. I totally forgot. So we'll get a hold of Kanata before the weekend, so he doesn't have to catch up. So I hit him tomorrow. Be, so the, the other thing is, these. is Rich uh, doesn't have audio for us today. Oh, on, that's right. He doesn't. He was on top of a building, but he did give us his picks. So he went with Detroit. So we got Rich Grisham, uh, host of the Press Row podcast, who do uh, sponsor us. He's going with Detroit, and he's leaving the door open for me because he's going the other way and the other two because I think he's wrong. But anyway, next up, uh, this is a really interesting battle. You've got Cincinnati, who've been looking great. Obviously, I was a fool to not take Dalton a couple weeks ago when I was looking at the free agents uh, as my sub. Although I would not have had him starting in that league. He could have been a good backup down on the bench. It's the uh, Cincinnati Bengals minus one and a half at the Baltimore Ravens. I don't even think this is that close of a contest. I've got the Bengals on this one all over the Ravens. The Ravens have been ineffective all year. They they seem to have completely regressed at the, at the offensive line. They're not getting any push up front. They can't get their their uh, their their running game established at all. 
regardless of who's back there. And that's just turned the passing game into a mess. No this, one seems to want to step up there. This is what happens when you pay one guy way too much money. Yeah. So I, I, I did. I, I'm sorry. I mean, it, it, they were a great team last year. They just seem to have really regressed and fallen apart. And, you know, Flacco, to, for in his defense, Flacco this season is playing the way Flacco has historically played. It is not all on him. It is not all his fault that they are not successful right now. He is playing within his 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 historic numbers. So he's playing competent game of ball. It's just the rest of the team's not gelled around him. I've got Cincinnati easily in this one. We keep going around the same direction. Oh, sure. Why not, Christian? Uh, I, I mean, I agree with much of what you said. I think Baltimore could pull it out because Baltimore kind of tends to do that. And at home. Yeah, but I, mine is a spite pick. I mean, I hate the Ravens, even though my good friend Mike Rosolio is a, is a big fan of theirs. I'm not going to just say friends' names. By the way, each one of my picks. Excellent. <laughs> started the pattern. <laughs> well done. Um, but they they beat the Texans last year when it mattered, and they beat the Texans this year when I still thought the Texans were going to be good. So any chance I have to pick against Baltimore, I'm going to and pick Cincinnati and this guest spot. I mean, what? Hey, okay, I'd like to note cares? that I picked up Case Keenum a couple of weeks ago and I turned him into DeMarco Murray after the Aaron Rodgers owner was desperate for a quarterback this week. That's a good, How awesome that's a good that? pickup. And yeah. it's a good trade because actually Mark Murray hasn't been getting any. I mean, Murray, who knows what the Cowboys are going to do? They ran the ball nine times last week. Nine <laughs> times. Nine times in an entire game. Assholes. God, it pisses me <laughs> off so bad. Anyway, Ozzy. Oh, geez. Uh, you know, every time I write off the Ravens, they always like drop like 30, 40. Like every time I think that they're going to be terrible, something crazy They're not going to drop 30 or 40 on the Bengals. <laughs> no, I don't think it's going to be that drastic, but I do think that they're going to win. I'm going to take Baltimore. All right. All right. What do you got there, Dave? I'm going uh, Cincinnati. I think they're going to pull it out. Uh, I, they've burned me twice this year in my Pick'em League, but uh, I'm going to go with them again. Micah? <laughs> you have to, Mike, Mike was imitating Dave's not very interested like, very, like very, I'm going to go with Cincinnati too and then you have uh, Andrea's and Rich's Andrea is going Baltimore which is another good reason to go with the Cincinnati oh, and geez. Rich is going Baltimore Baltimore also I know oh. and then finally this one's just yes. for you Ozzy yes. and it is, it is also a rivalry matchup you've got the damn straight they got this circled on their calendar <laughs> you've got the Denver Broncos Going into the sunny, warm confines of San Diego with Peyton Manning a couple weeks ago, reportedly playing on both ankles in distress. Is it going to be a problem? Is he going to have trouble? No, come on. It's the Broncos. They're going to roll over the Seahawks. I mean, the, the, uh, the Seahawks. <laughs> whoa, whoa. We're looking that, at the Seahawks. That, that comes later. Right. Looking at, you have to understand Dave's wearing both the Beast Mode shirt and the Seahawks hat. They're going to they're gonna roll over the Chargers. All, all due respect for the Chargers. This will be a high-scoring affair, I think, because obviously Denver can't really do much on defense. I think that Keenan Allen has a great day for the, for the Chargers. You know, if they play to Woodhead, I think Woodhead will have a great day as well. But I think ultimately, if it comes a track meet, that Denver's got too many weapons to open up the track meet on them. So I will take Denver. I'm not worried about the seven points. I think it'll be more than seven points. I think it'll be in the neighborhood of 13 or 14. Have they said, and part of my ignorance, is, is Fox coaching? Uh, he is not coaching. No. Uh, Jack Del Rio is coaching for the next couple weeks. Yeah. Congrats to your day for getting, and the, actually Peyton, getting, the, getting the job. <laughs> Peyton there. told thank you, a, thank you. I don't know if you were like, listening. It's been a good week. Was like, <laughs> Peyton was trying to get the team up or whatever. They asked him about that, and he, and he joked that like even after even after Fox was was starting to like suffer, that he's like still, like, but I made the chip and got in for par because it happened on the golf course, I guess. I'm like, oh my God. Everyone's like, Peyton's like, uh, guys, you know I coach this team, right? <laughs> yeah. you, you don't have anything to worry about. Well, continuing my streak of talking about a friend. My good friend Ozzy loves the Chargers, 
and any chance I have to troll my good friend Austin, <laughs> as I did earlier in the episode about making fun of him and his Wii U love, um, I'm going to pick Denver because Ozzy, come on. Come on. Ozzy, it's on the line now. Will you back your hometown heroes? <laughs> well, so far I'm 0-2 when picking Chargers games. But uh, if they... It's all going to be all about time of possession. If they play the Broncos the way they played Indy and keep the ball yeah. out of Peyton's hands, they have a chance, and I think they will win. Go, Chargers, go. <laughs> we, brought him, we brought him around. At least, at least he's got his team spirit For better back. or worse, yeah. I expect, I expect to see you in the Powder That's Blues. A, this is a division game. They'll totally take this. I expect to see you in the Powder Blues tomorrow. Being that my stepfather is coaching for the Broncos this week, and I'm going to have to go with the Broncos, and I think uh, – Philip Rivers throws a pick six when it's oh. close. Ouch! What? He only threw two of them last time they played. Ouch. I'm just, I'm just, you know, I mean, Phil- it's not as if Shab's playing this game. I think <laughs> <laughs> they got Case Keenum now. They're happy. All right, Micah, which way are you going on this one? He's going with the Broncos too. And then uh, finally, we've got Rich and Andrea. Andrea is going Bronx. And Rich, wow, San Diego. Rich went with the Chargers. That's what I'm saying. I'm either, we either leaving him in our wake or he's leaving me in his wake or catching up. Uh, So there you go, folks. Hope you have a great weekend. Week 10 will be in the books when we come back next week. Going to be exciting. We're almost into that time where we're on the playoff runs. Be interesting to see whether or not those Green Bay Packers can survive Rogerless and still make it to the. Rogerless? They're so Rogerless, (laughs) Cobless, and Matthewsless. Yeah, well. The big one, the big one is Rogers being out of there. That's a huge blow to them. But yeah, they've had, they've really had the injury bug bite. That collarbone, that's a tough injury. I remember when it happened to Romo a couple of years ago. So sorry, sorry, Packer fans. I know it's been tough for you. Uh, anyway, great season finishing up. It's coming. We're coming into November. It's an exciting time. We'll be back next week. <laughs>